broadcasting on the BBC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Welcome Home Podcast on the BBC. Welcome home. Thank you for joining us on episode 58 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom here with Trevor. Uh, no Damon today. Damon's, uh, you know, got some stuff he's got to do. So unfortunately, we don't have Damon today, but we do have Trevor. Um, so hey, Trevor, yep. how's it going? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> good, good, good. Um, we do also have special guests with us today. If you follow us on Facebook, you've seen uh, that we've been advertising that this is going to happen. And, and after, I don't know, how long has it been, guys? Maybe like four or five months now? I think it was January the last time we had DVC Resale Market on the show. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got uh, Marissa and Derek from DVC Resale Market, our, our friends and our sponsors. Um, you know, we, we love these guys. And, um, you know, but like we have a new audience, right, all the time. So, uh, you know, Marissa and Derek, if you want to guys, if you want to give a little bit about your experience and what you do for DVC Resale Market, I think that would be great for the listeners. And then we're going to get into all these wonderful questions that our listeners uh, asked. Yeah, awesome. So we are so excited to be back because um, Derek and I always talk about whenever we do, we do a lot of different podcasts and you guys are one of our favorites just because the, the listeners and the questions we get are awesome. Plus, so many of you after our last podcast we did in January have reached out to us and we've got to help. I mean, we were counting tonight probably like 20 to 30 families we were able to welcome home since January, which has been awesome. And wow. what's amazing with your listeners too is they don't just listen during like that podcast time frame that we release it. I mean, we hear from people as of last week and our podcast was in January. So it's super cool to come on here because we get so many people who we're able to help out after the fact. So thank you for having us back. Um, a little bit about us. Derek and I are part of the social media team here at the DVC Resale Market. So we're the lucky ones who get to do these podcasts and get to talk to all of you. And kind of one of the big reasons behind that is we were part of the um, the speakers and presenters during our time at Disney. So we did a lot of the member cruises and member events. Derek and I actually did those together. So it's always fun. It feels like we're going back and doing a big Disney event whenever we get asked to do these podcasts. Um, just kind of a little snapshot of me and my time with Disney. Um, I'm originally from California, so I started at Disneyland, all my West Coasters out there. Loved doing what I did. I did entertainment shows and parades and then hopped on the Disney cruise ships. I met my husband cruising on the Disney ships and worked out there for almost 10 years. And that's kind of where I made Florida home. Got to work for DVC for almost three years. And then once I finished there, I worked directly as a one of the guides there and one of the presenters. And then I was able to have a little baby boy and it worked out perfect in timing that I was able to kind of cut down a bit on my hours, but also still keep that DVC side going. So I was close friends with Nick for years, so joined the company, and now I'm part of the resale team here. That's great. That's great, Marissa. That's I learn something more about you every single time we do one of these podcasts. I love it. I'm yes. hurt that you guys go on other podcasts. I feel like I've been cheated on here. No, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're still the favorite, Tom. She so. meant right. not DVC podcasts. That's these right. are like Game of Thrones podcasts. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. All right. I, I see. Don't worry. I'm kicking her underneath the table Next right week now. Next is Harry Potter. So. <laughs> yeah, right. You're allowed to go on other podcasts as long as you know you just you're. 
we're the favorite. That's we, okay. We're good. <laughs> okay. Bingo. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we are so happy, like Marissa said, to to be able to be back and just talk with you guys again. You guys are like family. We love when we get to come on the show. And my Disney journey began all the way really back in like 1996 because I was actually one of the first hundred people to get married at Disney's wedding pavilion down there. I just saw my brick wow. right out in front of the pavilion. Um, and then I began my actual working for Disney, which wound up being almost 20 years. So I was the marketing manager for Disney parks and resorts and cruise line up there in Chicago, Illinois. Then I transferred over. I actually became a DVC member myself in 1999 after countless trips. And I realized you know what, we should take a tour of this Disney Vacation Club stuff because we keep spending money each and every year to come down here. So became a card-carrying member there in 1999. Uh, actually then began working for Disney Vacation Club in Chicago, which a lot of folks, and I know we hear from so many of your great listeners all the time, uh, I was actually at the very first preview center outside Chicago, Illinois, where you could learn about Disney Vacation Club uh, in Schaumburg, Illinois at Woodfield Mall. There was a place called Disney's Doorway to Dreams, where you could actually take a tour of Disney Vacation Club and tour the villas right after you're done buying a pair of shoes in the mall. You can go buy a $20,000 Disney Vacation Club membership. <laughs> so uh, it was a great, great five-year run. So many families joined with us up there. It was incredibly successful. Um, then I transferred over and joined the cruise team where I got to sail the world on over a 100-plus cruises, and that's where I really got to be great friends with Marissa. And like she said, we did all these member cruises together and all these events. Um, and then an opportunity came about because I've got two little boys, and it was kind of one of those things where, you know what? I don't need to see Cozumel again for the 18th time of the year. I think I'd actually like to see my kids grow up. So uh, <laughs> I've been friends with Nick for a long, long time, too, as well. So it just the opportunity came about, and it's just a seamless transition. And we are so blessed and absolutely love what we get to do because we get to help people join Disney Vacation Club. And unlike at our time at Disney, we actually get to help folks sell their ownership, which is which is great. So it really is the the best of both worlds. That's yeah, I, and that's that's awesome because I, I and just so everybody out there knows, like I, I I think it's important that they give you their background because both of them works for Disney. Both of them worked for DVC. They know what they're talking about, right? So this is that these people are experts and that's why we like to have them on. Besides, you know, they're fun and, and, you know, sunny dispositions and, and excellent information they give out. These guys are experts. The fact that we've done other podcasts. We really I, are fun. I mean, people. now that you said that, I don't know. I, I don't know about you, Trevor, but I, you know, I think maybe we should go and find another DVC company. I would. <laughs> should demand exclusivity right now. Yeah, there we go. We're cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so we put it out there to our listeners who are the greatest, as you guys always say. They are. They're just the best. And we threw it out there on Facebook. Hey, give us questions for DVC Resale Market. And we got a ton of them. And we can't ask them all today. We're going to try our best. But we're going to try to best our best to ask as many as we can. Um, but if we don't get to your question and I don't want to put, you know, uh, Derek and Marissa on the, on the spot, but if, if we can't get to your question, please reach out to them directly. Uh, you can do it through uh, Facebook, the, the chat on the website. Um, you can ask these questions to them directly. They'll also answer them there as well. So if we don't get to you today, uh, please reach out to them and they'll, they'll give you all the different ways they can get to, you can get to them if you need to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so Trevor, you want to ask a question? You want yeah, to go first? So, so I'll, I'll speak on behalf of Damon here, I guess, since, since Damon wasn't able to join us on this podcast. So he actually had a question for you guys. And, um, he, so he's saying, you know, with, with the fact that we now have the original 14 resorts, um, why would I consider resale on those 14 resorts now versus buying direct? 
Sure. It's a great, great question. Probably one we get about 700 times a day uh, here at the DVC Resale Market. <laughs> because again, what makes your audience so great, and again, that's why we're the number one DVC resale company in the whole entire world. No one even comes close to us. And the reason is, is because of the internet. Right. The reason is when folks learn about DVC, maybe they take a tour there at Walt Disney World or maybe they talk to someone on the phone or maybe they were on a cruise ship and attended a presentation. Well, the first thing when you're going to make a purchase of something of that magnitude is I want to know what I'm buying. Right. So I want to know what I'm buying. So when folks Google Disney Vacation Club, right, resale is going to come up. And of course, based on our popularity uh, and the amount of volume we do, the DVC resale market comes up. So when folks start doing this, they do their research and try to figure out, is this going to be a good fit for me? And one of the big things that we did was back in January, right when we came on your show, was that was just, I think it was the day of, right, when they made yeah. that I announcement. Know, we actually were able to come on. We did it two days before. It, yeah, oh, we, 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 we broke the news. Yeah, we, we, we broke the internet. Um. Yeah, no <laughs> other show had that. Yeah, no other show had that interview, by the way. That was that's an exclusive. Right. That's yeah, how we know go. we're the favorite, because you broke <laughs> that on our show. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you know. Yeah, so that was um, where folks had gotten that word that Disney was going to put some you know, restrictions on it. Meaning in a nutshell, basically right now, if I were to buy a resale contract, uh, I could use it at the 14 classic, right? The 14 current legacy Disney Vacation Club resorts. You're just not able to use them for anything new that Disney Vacation Club might open in the future, like say Riviera or down the road reflections. So a lot of folks were kind of, you know, almost panicking like at the time. That's why we did the amount of volume that we did in those two weeks that folks had to try to get their contracts in uh, was staggering. And then the big question for us is we would always ask and say, okay, God, we're working 18-hour days these two weeks, but what's going to happen the day after, right? What's going to happen? Are folks still going to want to buy this if they can just use it for the 14? And we, of course, had great team meetings and figured it out and said, you know what? Absolutely they will because at the end of the day, those 14 Disney Vacation Club resorts, those are 14 of the best and most beloved resorts in all of Disney Vacation Club. Not taking anything away from maybe Riviera or anything else down the road, but these 14, because of where they're located, right, within walking distance to the parks, right, the beach club and the boardwalk, you can walk to Epcot and the studios or all the three monorail resorts, right? You've got and Copper Creek, too. forget, too, the, the West Coast. So you've got, I think a lot of people get confused with the restriction. Very good. The questions we get a lot is, well, can I still go to Vero Beach or can I go to Alani or Grand California? So all of that is within those, if you didn't know the the list, if anyone's listening, it doesn't know the list of the 14. That would be part of those classic 14. Yeah, and Vero Beach and Hilton Head. So again, it goes back to research that when folks realize, because the big thing too is there's so many myths out there, and we even had to do a blog on it, which you can go on our website and you could find it. It was the top five myths of buying DVC resale. You know, the big myths was, hey, well, I was told or I heard that if I buy with you guys, I could say maybe only use it at the resort that I buy at. Or I was told, or maybe I thought that I could only do this, this, or this. And the fact of the matter is, when they do their research, they come to us and say, you know what, Derek, for me to save, and Marissa, for me to save 30, 40, 50%, which translates into thousands and thousands of dollars, and I could still use it, I still have the same home resort priority, right? I could still book 11 months out at the resort I need. I could still stay at all the classic 14 Disney Vacation Club resorts. Um, That's why we're doing, I think, in 2019, I think Nick just told us we're doing, on average, about 350 DVC contracts a month so far in 2019. So, you know, kind of long story short, when (laughs) folks do the research and realize and say, I could use it at those 14 
the 14 that honestly, if I'm going to buy, you know, Marissa and I were just talking about this. If I'm going to buy, say, a current product from DVC, right? So I'm going to buy the Riviera. Okay, I'm going to pay $188 a point for it, right? But Derek, at the end of the day, I really only kind of want to stay at the Beach Club or the Boardwalk, or I really want to use it for Alani, or maybe I want to stay at the Polynesian or the Grand. That's why with us, you're able to, you know, pick the resort that you need, which is what we always stress, not just the current resort that Disney's selling. And also, so, I mean, we've seen our sales year over year. This has been the biggest year for DVC resale market ever. And so we thought we, we had this feel of, yeah, maybe things will go down, maybe 5 or 10%. But since that January buzz, I think everybody who was on the fence about buying, they just filled the market. So that's why we had that crazy couple weeks in January. But that didn't drop at all. We've continued to sustain that, and we're still growing year over year. So it's a good sign of that restriction. Although, yes, it did get some people on the fence to buy earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't think it had a major effect. And I think kind of just that flip side of it is I think I a lot more – Buyers have been conscious about what they've been buying. So when they start to do the Riviera research, you have to think about the long term too. And that's a lot of questions we've got after the fact of people who are doing that tour direct and then coming and looking at the resale side, knowing that, you know, if I buy Riviera, let's say I pay 180 per point. Now we've done some market testing. If you're part of our Facebook group, we've actually done some polls on this. And right now where Riviera lines up in terms of pricing from our polls have been right around like a Vero Beach or a Hilton Head pricing if it hits resale. Now, we don't know for sure till it actually hits the resale market what people are willing to pay for that, but let's say that's 70 or $80 a point that people are going to be willing to pay. It's really hard for buyers who are savvy and looking at that direct purchase to say, I'm going to buy this at, let's say, 210 per point, and if something ever happens with our family or life and changes and we need to resell it, we may not even be able to recoup half of that. So I think that's been a huge kind of influx mm-hmm. to the resale side as well. That's really interesting. I, I, I was wondering, you know, I think we've all been wondering what it's going to resell at at some point. Um, I, I almost think to myself, if it's going to resell that low, I, I would buy some points into it that low and then, you know, rent them out to people that are, you know, part of the that are buying new resale contracts at the original 14. I just rent them out to those people and, and you know, at that kind of cheap price. But, I you know. That's neither here nor there. I do have a question though. Has has the change uh, dropped the the like the uh, point uh, price per point for for all the other contracts that you guys are selling? Has there been a material decline in in the actual prices of the contracts out there, or has so, it just really stayed pretty much the same? Ironically, at the same time that Disney did the change, they did about a week later a pretty dramatic price increase for all their direct pricing, including sold out. Um, so, That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Disney never raises prices on anything. <laughs> Ever. No. I hope never. it works out well for them. Ooh, yeah. So in addition I mean... to that, they had all-time high ROFR or row for buybacks. So if you take those two in combination, the market has to go up because – at one point, we were selling, and one of their biggest and most favorite buybacks are going to be like Saratoga Springs or Animal Kingdom. We were selling Saratoga and Animal Kingdom at pretty much row for rates. So at that point, the market has to increase. We even had buyers putting in above ask offers to pass that row for mark because they wanted to get through Disney's right of first refusal. So ultimately, Disney's going to determine the market, be, even if they're putting resale changes or restrictions, if they're continuing to buy back. There's a bottom line that people are going to pay for these things. So we've actually seen prices increase pretty steadily month over month. Each resort a little bit different, but I would say pretty steadily month over month. Yeah. And what's cool too, guys, is on our website, we actually, you know, thanks to Nick, 
uh, and his amazing brain. Uh, he actually comes out with each and every month, so you'll be able to go to our blogs. And we actually publish an average selling price for each and every month. So you can actually go on and even look back and say, gosh, you know what? I'm kind of curious. Say, because we just did the one for May. I'm kind of curious, you know, how much have the Saratoga Springs points changed, say, over the last year? You can see on the graph and say, oh, look, in May of 18, it was $100 a point. You could see each and every month, whether it went up, went down, never really goes down. Now it's up to about $103 per point. So I think that's what makes our site so different is because we really do love Disney Vacation Club. We love the product. We believe in it. Obviously, all of us have worked there for like a billion years. We love it. (laughs) We're owners ourselves. We use it all the time. And we want folks to have all the tools possible, which is why we, you know, have all these special blogs and all these special reports that we do. Because again, a well-educated person who purchases is honestly, at the end of the day, going to make the happiest Disney Vacation Club member. So that's what we love to do. Yeah. And so, and speaking of your, your blog posts, um, I'll, I'll admit I, I've been looking at those too and not because I'm actively looking to, to buy DVC, but, um, since I have just recently, or I bought my poly contract back in January with you guys looking at the prices, I'm going, Oh, I'm so glad that I bought that when I did. Because... Especially Polynesian, because yeah. small contracts, I'm sure you've probably looked back and seen, but small contracts for Polynesian have been one of the ones that have jumped up quite a bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah, that's, that's the other side of you guys providing that information is, you know, for those of us that have already bought into it, it's like, it, it just, I think it's a good kind of validation that we made the right choice. <laughs> you could sit back and just retire. Yeah. That's it. Cruising on those, on that, on those DVC points. That's so I, I, we have a question here from, uh, from Ellie, our listener, Ellie, she wants us, she said, I would like them to take us through the entire process. Now she didn't specify of selling a contract or buying a contract, but I think it would be good to go through the process of both and, and you know, as simple as possible. Obviously we don't want to spend an hour here, but I know it's not that, that too, too super complicated here. Cause both Trevor and I have bought, we've never sold through you guys, but I think it would be useful to our listeners to hear kind of what the process is, the timelines, that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, so, and, and the great news is um, the first part's a little bit different when we talk about selling versus buying, um, but the end part's pretty much the same. So it's a pretty simple process that we can walk it through all <laughs> You're of happy whether you bought it <laughs> yeah, or exactly. you're selling it. You're going to help you either way. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think, I mean, when we, Derek and I were kind of talking about this and we we're saying, okay, what's first, the chicken or the egg? So let's talk about the selling part first. And so if you own a contract and you're looking to sell, the first thing people tend to do is go out and say, okay, who am I going to list with? And that, that's kind of the first like leap of faith, you know, to go, okay, is this legitimate? Is it real? And so we do get a plethora of buyers that, or excuse me, sellers that come to us just because of our, our name. Our, if you're searching DVC, you're going to find us pop up nine times out of 10 on that first page of Google if you're looking at DVC resale. And so for sellers, it's very easy for them to find us. But I think one of the biggest wins with us, and I know this is mentioned quite a bit on the show, is our staff is made up of 11 agents. All of us used to work for Disney and not just work for Disney. We all worked for DVC as well. Um, We have two fantastic contract managers who also worked as quality assurance managers for Disney. So just that ease of knowing, hey, you're in excellent hands when you're coming to us is what brings us so many sellers. Now, why is that a win? Well, we're the number one DVC resale company, but 
as a buyer, when you go to our site, we're going to have the most amount of listings available. So not only do sellers get that comfort and peace of mind of knowing they're working with Disney cast members, but in addition to the ease of being able to find us, that also brings a course buyers and attention and attraction and buyers like to have options right they don't want to go and say hey you know what i'm looking for this 160 saratoga point contract and have maybe one or two they want to have four or five to know hey is this the use share i want or are the available points i want and that's why we do attract so many buyers on our site so kind of the first steps of selling would be obviously reaching out to us right so on our site you can get an estimate based on the number of points you own the contract where you own at and the available points you have for the next three years. We'll give you a good idea of that. You can go to our estimator tab on our website. But honestly, a lot of people want to just kind of have that agent who says, hey, not only is this the estimated value, but this is what things are realistically selling for. So if that's the case, again, that's what Derek and I are here for. Super easy to reach us. Um, it's my name or Derek's name, right? So M-A-R-I-S-S-A, D-E-R. E-K? D-E-R-E-K? I'm joking. (laughs) At dvcresellmarket.com. So shoot us an email. We'll just say welcome home somewhere in the email so we know where you came from. But we'll walk you through that process and go, hey, this is currently what things are listed for. This is where they're ending up in terms of negotiating. And we'll teach you that side as well. But once we get your contract listed, so what we do first is verify with Disney to know that the number of points you have available are in fact the number of points you have available. That takes a couple days, so we'll get that forms back from Disney and we'll get your contract up and listed on the site. And then from there, we kind of jump into the buyer side of things. Yeah, and you know, a lot of sellers will obviously ask and say, you know, well, how much is it going to sell for? You know, if I list it for X, is it going to sell for X? And that, of course, really depends on what you have and the number of points. But honestly, we like to tell folks, you know, you can expect it, uh, which is fantastic is for us to be able to tell people, hey, you know what, for sellers, you know, 95% of our listings sell in 30 days or less. Um, 80% of our listings will sell within seven days or less. Um, and usually it's on average, you can expect your listing to sell for probably somewhere between 90 to 95% of the actual listed price. Because again, you're selling deeded real estate, right? So everyone's going to want to negotiate. So we've got some wiggle room and, you know, we'll kind of get into that on the buyer end. But I think like Marissa said, what it is, it's that peace of mind, right? So from the date it's sold to the time you actually get your check in hand, uh, we, again, we walk you through that whole entire process from beginning to end. We work directly with Disney uh, for all of our sellers. And then we let you know it's closed. And then you can expect usually from beginning to end about 60 to 80 days from start to finish to the time you actually get paid, which is great. Um, For a buyer, you know, that's always lovely, too, because the buyers kind of come on our site and they see more listings than any other company. What we love more than anything is that for folks that want to buy, they come to us because they're not looking for a Marriott timeshare you know, they're not looking for maybe I want a Hilton or maybe I want a Disney or maybe I want a Wyndham timeshare. I'm not sure. The folks that come to us, those are the folks that have done their homework. Those are the folks that know they want to buy Disney Vacation Club. So our site, again, it's www.dvcresalemarket.com. You can sort and you can filter through all of our hundreds and hundreds of listings. You can actually filter by the resort you're looking for. You can filter by the number of points. You can filter, if you're an owner, you can filter by the use year, right? You can even filter by price per point. Um, When you see something you like, right? It's always that hallelujah moment. You're like, boy, this looks like a perfect listing. What do I do? Real simple. Just hit that little listing button. It'll take you to all the specifics for that listing, right? It'll walk you through the estimated closing costs and any dues. Then you'll see a big bright red button that just says make an offer. I'm going to click on that make an offer button. I'm going to fill in my info. 
Uh, again, it's going to ask you for the price per point. So a lot of folks say, can I negotiate off that? We always like to say, usually, depending on the listing and maybe the seller, usually about maybe $1 to $5 per point in wiggle room. You're going to fill in that info. Uh, then probably one of the most important decisions you're ever going to make is, boy, what agent am I going to work with on this sale? And boy, <laughs> I can tell you're in good hands if you do that, like all your great audience has done. Uh, either put Marissa down, right? It's just a scroll down box, or you could put Derek down. We both work together. But in that comment section, which is where it's so crucial, be sure to say, welcome home podcast. So that way we know where you're coming from and you heard us on the show. Then depending on which one you put down, we will get that offer. We'll reach out to the seller. Uh, once it's accepted, we then let you know exactly what the next steps are, which basically you're going to go ahead and put 10% down is going to be due with a max of usually it's about $2,000. Most of the time it can be done with a credit card, which folks like to know that is for the escrow, right? So that's going to come off the purchase price. That's going to go towards the title company. We email you the contracts. Everything is done via DocuSign. So we love when folks say, man, this was so easy. It was so quick and seamless. Then when we get all the contracts and the escrow, we send you a little note and say, great news. We have shipped it off to Disney. Uh, we cover it with as much pixie dust as we possibly can. So it goes to the right of first refusal process to basically decide if your audience isn't sure, hey, is Disney going to buy this contract back or not? Usually it takes about 30 days, but we let you know the day it goes in. And then we let you know whether it passes or the day it comes back out. So uh, either our great admin team will say, congratulations, your contract has passed. Or if Marissa and I reach out to you about that 20 to 30 day mark and say, hey, can you give us a call real quick about your contract? It usually might mean that Disney bought it back. But again, people wonder too, do I lose money? Right. So let's say I put something, an offer on a contract and Disney bought it back. Am I out any money? Absolutely not. You do not lose a penny. Most folks, 99% of the time, just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to move it over to a different listing. Uh, if it does pass, which again is fantastic and thousands of contracts with us pass every single year, then it's the fun part. It's kind of the home stretch, right? It goes to the estoppel process and then we send out the closing documents and everything is all wrapped up. And then we reach out to you and let you know when it has closed. So the day it closes, we'll let you know, congratulations, your contract is closed. And as a buyer, usually it's about two to three weeks after that moment is when the Disney will do that final transfer and they'll send you a little letter in the mail saying, congratulations, here's your login info and here's your points and go have fun. So uh, we definitely, we hold your hand throughout the whole entire process from beginning to end, whether you're a buyer, whether you're a seller. Uh, I think always the best compliments that, you know, we always get is folks are so happy and they'll send us vacation pictures. I don't know if you remember, but we bought a year ago or two years ago. And especially when folks say, you know what, we love the whole experience so much, Derek and Marissa, because we got the Disney service, but we didn't pay the Disney prices. So that to us is always a great, great compliment to get. That's a good tagline. Yeah. <laughs> no, right? Mm -hmm. That's no. Derek came from marketing. Uh -huh. oh, yeah. There you yeah. go. And no other podcast has heard that tagline, by the oh, way. Oh, all right. <laughs> exclusive. Another exclusive. <laughs> I, I, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. It is way too easy to make an offer. Um, because I, I, when I saw a contract I wanted, I clicked on make an offer. I put it in my offer. I think 10 minutes later, Nick called me because I put Nick down only because I didn't want to choose between you guys. I didn't want to play favorites. So I put Nick down and Nick was the first person we had on the show too. Nick was on like episode like three, I think. So, um, <laughs> so I had, um, I, I had, uh, I, Nick called me like 10 minutes later and he was like, and, and this is another question that's about to come up and, and Trevor's going to ask the next one. But, um, you know, I had I, the contract I selected was a different use year than the one I currently have. So Nick explained all the, you know, 
all of the details behind that, why it's, you know, good, bad, whatever. And then I think within like 20 minutes, I had an accepted offer and everything was moving from there. And I was like, a half hour ago, I just clicked a button. I didn't think it was going to be this quick. I thought maybe there would be deliberations for weeks, like when I bought a house. But it yes. was like, you know, it was way too easy to spend all that money. But it was great. Though. It was great. But anyway. well, I, that's awesome. And, and to reiterate that, I, I'm sure um, for our listeners, if they went back and listened to our January episode with you guys, that, you know, as we were talking, I put in an offer. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you guys like had it instantly, right? So yeah, Trevor literally did it during the episode. It was like, <laughs> He put the offer in, and it was sold before the episode was finished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so hopefully that answers Ellie's question on on how the process goes. And really, I, like, I think to to reiterate, like, it, it is super easy. And yeah, once you click that button and you start through the process, it like it, it's almost dangerous. <laughs> Cause, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was dangerous. It was too yeah. easy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But it's in a good way. In a good way, guys. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a large purchase. Yeah, it's, it's bad for my wallet, but good for <laughs> my, my... It's better than putting an offer and then not hearing anything for like three days. So. True. That's 100% yeah. true. Gone into cyberspace mystery. And that's what makes us, again, that just kind of to toot our own horn here, is that that's what makes us great because we're available seven days a week. Right. You know, we don't close on Friday and you can you're not going to hear from one on Saturday or a Sunday. We both work on the weekends and Marissa and I started working today. I started work at 9 a.m. and we're doing a great podcast now. So we're available seven days a week. And again, like you mentioned, too, if anybody has a question that they're not quite sure, we actually just updated our website. We can actually go to our Web page. Uh, com, and when you click on the button at the top where it says team we actually updated all of our bios and put some cool little graphics there we did a photo shoot at nick's house and added some kind of cool graphics you could see each and every agent that works for us and know a little bit about them and it'll have their their email address if you wanted to reach out to them directly so yeah it's very very cool very personable and we are available seven days a week yeah that that's Super handy. So actually speak, speaking of availability and all that. Um, so I'm going to jump ahead here a little bit. Uh, so, uh, Andrea was asking, um, or she was wondering when or how often upload you guys upload new listings. Um, she says she's looking for a small contract and was wondering how often she needs to stock the site to find what she wants. So, <laughs> we welcome stalkers. Yes. That's okay. No shame. No shame. No we judgment. see them quite often, especially for small ones. We get the question of, hey, you got any um, small Oki West Extended or a small beach club? So these are the rare ones, right? So as much as we can all look out and have eyes everywhere and stock the website, honestly, the very best tool you can have yeah. is going to be our app. So if you go to the App Store, if you have a smartphone, typically like iPhone or Android, if you go to the App Store and you just type in DVC Resale Market, you'll find our app there. So what you can do with the app, and just make sure you're setting all your search specifications, sorry, I'm going to try to talk tonight. Um, so just if you set all your listings, right, so you can say, hey, I'm looking for, let's say, for example, you're looking for a small beach club. What I would suggest is don't just put, hey, I only want 50 points or less. Do like 100 points. Give yourself some wiggle room that way in case, let's say, a 67-point contract comes available. You don't mm-hmm. lose out on that. So just go a bit above your target market of what you're looking for. The next thing would be you share. Again, I would just 
go ahead and search all used shears, especially when we're talking about small ones, because they are so rare. And then price per point, just scroll up and go for the highest price per point. Because again, you don't want to miss out on, let's say, that perfect contract and it was listed for- It was for, just a dollar difference. Right. A dollar mm. more than what you wanted to spend per point. So that's going to be the best tool. Now, what the beauty of the app is, the way our system works is the app will actually get a push notification. So it'll go on your phone. That typically is going to come in about a minute or two before the website does. So that's why the app oh. is- super crucial because you're going to get that and if you can click on that right away it'll be before the website can properly load it but you'll actually be able to go to that (laughs) site this is insider information here but you can go to the site and see that now if you see that here is my recommendation because what happens is a lot of times people go it's my dream contract it's perfect i'm going to negotiate a couple dollars off if that's the case so let's say an offer comes in and it's three dollars off then guess what's going to happen? If it's your perfect contract, it's going to be five other people's perfect contract. So within that 10-minute time frame, we now have five offers on this contract, and we have to go into a bidding war. So what happens with these small contracts is a lot of times they get sold for more than what they're listed for. On the flip side, if you find that perfect contract and you go in and you put in a full price offer, if the first offer comes in, and it's full price. So not if it's the second offer that's full price or if the first offer less than. First one. The first offer needs to be full price. We can officially mark it as sold on the site. So if you see that perfect contract, go in, put a full price offer, and then that contract is yours. So that's the best way of achieving that small contract search. It is exactly the best way and really the only way because some of these contracts, honestly, they're like unicorns. Right? Like for people that are looking for, I'm looking for that under 100 points or less at a beach club at a boardwalk. I'm looking for an extended Old Key West contract. We have literally seen them. I listed a beach club contract for 50 points maybe a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was sold within, I think, less than one minute of hitting the app. You know, I'm sure someone had it in their car and they pulled the car over on the side of the road in the expressway and made an offer. But they, we cannot stress that enough that, again, make that offer, get that phone app, and that is the best and really only way, especially if you're looking for one of those, you know, under 100 point super super popular contracts and one quick note on the app we are continuing to with everything on our site we always want it to be the very top and the best and our app has had a couple glitches here and there so we are continuing to upgrade that we should have some major upgrade on that in the next couple weeks but again regardless it still does work so go ahead and download that Mm -hmm. oh yeah it's a great app Uh, those alerts are are crucial yeah, and, for and, sure. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're fantastic to have those. I think actually that's how I ended up with my Animal Kingdom contract. I think I'd set up an alert and then I got it on my phone and then I made it, you know, clicked on it through my phone and made the offer right there. So, yeah, the the app alerts are fantastic. So, Trevor, were you going to say something? I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say actually, I, that's when I bought mine. That's how I use. It. That's how I sent it in was through the phone app. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was on the podcast on my phone. Sending you guys. <laughs> and and you did exactly what we told you to, right? You put Derek down or you put Marissa down. In yep. the comments, you put welcome home. And guess what? You <laughs> magically got that contract. I tell I, you. I magic did. how that works. I didn't even put welcome home in, I think, when I... <laughs> when I <laughs> well, that's you all right. Know, you just had less pixie dust on yours. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I was yours sending... was almost bought back, Tom, just so you know. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> that's true. I figured Nick would know who it was. I don't know. <laughs> but either, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so, you know, we talked a little bit of right of first refusal. Um, and so we had a couple people ask us questions about this. So we have a couple different questions about it. So one of them was that the buy, and this is from both Chris and John, both asked similar questions. So we kind of added these together. The buyback rate has s- substantially increased overall. 
uh, just recently, you know, just this year, I feel like, or, or may, I think it, it was maybe in a little bit into 18 as well, but um, specifically on a few uh, resorts uh, to highs that uh, they can't recall seeing, what do you think is leading this large increase? And do you think it's a long-term trend or is it a short-term trend? Yeah, so we, I mean, we, it was actually December of 2018 where we saw that huge bump up. And then from there, we, we definitely seen an increase year over year. And I think a lot of that, just I was talking with Derek about this before we started the show. My personal opinion is I think Disney's probably patting themselves for if they have any fallout from Riviera. Let's say people do get to the point where they go, you know what? I don't know if that's going to be the perfect contract for future reasons, resale value, all of that. I feel it's safer to maybe just go with something, let's say, for example, Saratoga, and go on the wait list for like a sold-out option. So personally, I think that's why Disney has purchased so much back, let's say, at Saratoga or Animal Kingdom, number one. And we've talked about this a little bit on previous um, podcasts, but it's a good drop product. So it's going to be less per point, but it still has a good amount of years left. In Animal Kingdom or Saratoga, you're hitting 2054, 2057. They're priced, again, they're going to be... Where are we at current direct prices? Do you have that right? Yeah. So in terms of like current direct prices, Disney's got Saratoga at 160 per point. They've got Animal Kingdom at 176 versus, again, we're getting into the low 200s per point. So if somebody's saying, hey, I love this concept, I want to join, what's a good drop option? I think that's where they're going for with this. And then, of course, the increased popularity with Beach Club and Bay Lake Tower. We've seen those two, I think... Almost all of 2018, they didn't touch either one of those. No. And then that December up until now, they've really had a lot of interest on those two as well. Always interests me with Beach Club with because there's so I mean I don't want to say there's so few years because it's still a lot of years, yeah. but it's a pretty it's a decently short con- contract compared to everywhere else. You know, it's it's so funny. I was just talking to someone today, Tom, that was calling up and they love the Beach Club and they're thinking about joining and they're like, you know, we're reaching out to you guys because again, you know, Disney was going to have to put me on a wait list for the Beach Club and it was some extraordinarily high price. And he kind of mentioned to me and said, yeah, you know what? My only hesitation was kind of, you know, it's just the amount of years left. And what I was trying to stress to him, too, which he he totally got it. It was like, you know what? People see value in different ways. Every family's different. Some folks see when they purchase DVC, they say, you know what? I want the best value, right? I want the lowest price per point. That's going to give me the best value. Other families say, I want something with cheap dues. Great. Other people say, you know, I want the number of years. I don't care where it is. I just want the number of years. That's where I'm going to find my value. But for folks that truly love certain resorts, and I say beach club, boardwalk, right? Even perhaps maybe even the Grand Floridian, right? But for those beach club and boardwalks in particular that both expire in 2042, they see the value. They don't care about that it expires in 2042. They want to know that they're going to be able to book and get into the beach club every single time that they want. They want every vacation to be exactly where they want to go. They want to not have to, you know, wake up early in the morning that seven months out and then look to see the beach club is is gone or they have to go on a wait list. For them, it's worth every penny regardless of the amount of years left that they know with everything coming to Epcot and with everything coming to the studios, they want to know that they can book that home resort and have that. I always call your home resort is your security blanket, right? Because you get to book it 11 months out, 10 months out. You got four extra months to book it. They're paying for that security blanket. And then again, they might book the beach club every single trip. But if they then at seven months or less say, you know what, I think I want to try Bay Lake Tower. I think I want to try the Polynesian out. Great. They just take off their security blanket and then transfer over the reservation. But yeah, value comes in different ways for different people. And that's what makes DVC so special. That's that's awesome. Um, uh, to 
to continue the uh, discussion around right of first refusal and, and value and all that. Um, so um, we actually have another like a follow up question to this. Uh, so Tim was asking, um, what makes a contract appealing to Disney other than the price per point? And things like, do they like strip contracts? Do they like dues being prepaid? Like, I guess for, for those people that are looking for these kinds of contracts, what are the things that D- Disney's looking at? Or do you guys, do you guys mm-hmm. have visibility on that? Yeah. So, I mean, we, and again, we published this, uh, to be honest, the last couple months that because of the buy rate, buyback rate going up so high, we haven't detailed it as much as we usually do in our uh, blogs. But if you go back to probably, I think, March or earlier, we have actually detailed every single purchase. Lately, we've just been giving an average just because we have had so many of those buybacks happen. Um, but to be honest with you, if you consider yourself a bargain shopper and you're saying, I'm looking for that sweet contract, right? The one that's either stripped out and the lowest price I'm ever going to see on this listing, or I'm looking for one that's fully loaded plus like a smashing deal, Disney's looking for that exact same one. So again, if you're looking uh-huh. for like the bargain of the century, so is Disney. <laughs> so that's what Disney's buying back. So they're not biased on, hey, if this is stripped out till 2021, but it's the lowest price they've ever seen on a beach club or a Saratoga, they're going to buy it back. And let's say this is fully loaded. But with that said, it's still like a great price for a fully loaded contract, maybe like a couple dollars more than an average contract that has no points until 2019 or 2020. Disney's going to want that as well. So I think that's kind of like the the message throughout is it's not just an average price per point. Disney looks at all factors. So if it feels like a really good deal, and that's why, again, oftentimes if you're finding something and you say, hey, I want this, I want it to pass, I need some guidance, reach out to us because we see this day in and day out. We're the ones who are going to be calling up our buyers saying, hey, Disney, grab that one and giving them guidance on that next one because we want you to pass through. Ultimately, our goal (laughs) is to help you get more points and to close on that contract. So like Derek said, our emails very simply, it's either marissa at dvcresellmarket.com or Derek at dvcresellmarket.com. If you have a listing, reach out. We'll give you some guidance on kind of current patterns and trends that we see. Um, But a lot of times, another big misconception we hear a lot, or we'll get offers that come in where buyers are trying to be clever or strategic. Believe me, Disney sees that and they know that. So a lot of times we'll get an offer that say asking price on price per point, or we've even had it where we've got above ask, right? And then the buyer wants the seller to cover the dues and the closing costs. So if we take dues and closing costs out of the equation, that almost equates to about $10 per point. So let's say you're paying list price per point, but then you want seller to pay dues and closing costs. Now you're netting your offer about $10 per point lower. So now we're getting very much into that row for buyback range. So Disney looks at that as well. So they're going to look at all factors. Who's paying the dues? Who's paying the closing costs? And what's the price per point based on available points? They look at all of that. As much as we can give you an average and give you a snapshot, we will do that. But again, it really comes down to finding the best deal out there, and that's what Disney's going to go for. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we can do the best we can, and the one you bought just might be one that attracted Disney in that moment. But, again, that's a great thing is we can pick back up and try again. That's great information. I I don't know if I ever actually knew that, um, that they were looking for that. You know, I I assume that they're looking for best value, right, because they want to resell these contracts and make the most money off of them as they can. So it, it makes sense to me. Um, but that, that's great information. I, I hope that, uh, that answered the question there. Um, so you were talking just about closing costs, fees, taxes, um, all that fun stuff. We actually got a question about that too, from, uh, from Jeremy, who was asking, I'm wondering about taxes, fees, and closing costs. If I see a hundred point contracts for a hundred dollars a point, 
I'm thinking I need 10,000, but how much would I actually need to close this contract? So obviously you can't give us exact numbers on this, but if you could give us a kind of a ballpark that people can expect for the, the fees and all that other stuff, that'd be great. Sure. I can help Jeremy out with his $10,000 that he wants to spend with us. So yeah, if he, <laughs> he can if give it to me too, if he wants, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. <laughs> We're here for you, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, kind of going back to that easy, simple buying process is, you know, let's say he finds that listing that looks perfect. He's going to click on it. He's going to hit that make an offer button. When it comes down to, well, how much money do I need up front? Again, real simple and easy. In that first seven days, just going to need 10% down with usually a max of $2,000, right? That's going to go towards the escrow. That's going to come off of the purchase price. Um, a buyer always pay the closing costs. And then again, as stated on the listing is where you're going to say, uh, do I have to pay dues? Again, dues are not due when you purchase the contract. The only thing that's due in that first seven days is just that 10% max of $2,000. That's going to go towards the escrow. And again, the balance due is going to be due at closing. So that's going to be at closing, which is in that 60 to 80 days. We do not have any hidden fees for a buyer. There's no, you know, administrative fee. There's no fee to make an offer. Uh, any additional fees that there would be would come if perhaps you obviously financed it, right? So if there's going to be any lender fees, you definitely want to reach out to one of our great financing partners that we have that you can get to it from that page. But in terms of Jeremy, how much money do I need? Again, 10%, max of 2000 in that first seven days, which most of the time you can even do that uh, with a credit card, maybe even for a small, I think it's like a $45 fee sometimes, sometimes not, uh, but that's it. Everything else is just going to be due at closing in 60 to 80 days. So and that's it. And to kind of go into detail on that, if let's say you click on a listing and you're purchasing an Animal Kingdom contract that's $10,000. So it would say, let's give a rough example, right? Let's say a 100-point contract and it's listed at $100 per point. So there's this $10,000 contract. So then the next part of that purchase is going to be, at, the first part's going to be right at the top if you click on that listing. The next part and the cost of that would be annual dues. So for example, if that contract had full 2019 annual dues, now if it did, that's probably gonna be bought back in right of first refusal if it's $100, but let's just say it did. Um, and <laughs> the, buyer, the buyer would be paying typically those 2019 annual dues. So just on our example of Animal Kingdom, that's additional $744. Now closing costs on something like that are gonna be just under $500. So in total, you're not paying $10,000 for that purchase because that's just the purchase on price per point. So in total on that contract, you would be paying about 11200 give or take. So that would be the total. Now, again, like Derek said, we're extremely transparent on this because we want you to know everything that's involved with that purchase. So when you click on the listing, the top button is going to show that initial price on what you're buying the points for. But if you scroll down, there's going to be something called the total cost of purchase at the very bottom, and that adds everything up for you. Great. Yeah, that's the, it's very transparent. It's all there on the website. So, yeah, so hopefully that helps. Trevor, I, I'm sure you want to do the next question here. Uh, or did are, I do – did you do the last question? I don't remember. You, <laughs> no, no, you did the last one. Um, okay, are, so we, are we looking at Mark's questions? Yeah, whichever yeah. one you want to ask. Okay. Yeah, please. Um, so, uh, actually, yeah, th this is a good one. Um, has there ever been a historical drop in prices? Um, uh, so Mark was curious if they always rise over the years or if we've seen a dip at some point like the recession back in 08, 09. Yeah, you can kind of notice, you know, again, the story that, you know, people with Disney Vacation Club always loves to say is, you know, the number one phrase is, boy, I wish I did it sooner. 
right? You know, when Marissa and I sold DVC all over the world, we would always sit with families and they'd always say, I wish I did it sooner. And the prime example of that is you sit with families that say, I looked at joining in 1991 back when it was $50 a point, right? And since then, we've taken eight vacations. Derek, we've given Mickey Mouse probably twenty, thirty thousand $30,000. We would have had this thing paid off by now. So if you look at that price, even just buying direct, right, from 50 some dollars a point in 1991 to now it's, you know, $188 a point, that I wish I did it sooner is very, very common. And the same thing, honestly, goes for the resale market too. You know, we have a lot of folks that say, man, I remember looking at the resale prices, say, you know, back in, you know, three years ago or even two years ago or even last year. And while it may have only fluctuated just a little bit, still a couple of dollars per point on say a 100 or 200 or 300 point contract, nobody's ever bought DVC um, and said, man, I can't believe my value has gone down. I can't believe the points are so much cheaper now, you know, than they were when I first bought them. So I think Marissa and I were even talking about this today. I think Marissa, am I mistaken? That probably the only one that's ever felt that, and it's just because Disney was doing stuff with their direct prices, was back with Vero Beach, right? Yeah, I mean, from as far we we're kind of racking our brains of like officially if Disney ever did a price reduction. Um, Vero Beach is the only one we've ever seen. Now it was considered a sold out inventory at the time, so. We've never seen them do that with a live inventory. So even back during the recession, they pretty much maintained prices. Um, I think it was two years ago with Vero Beach, they dropped it $5 per point. They've now since raised it back up and continue to increase every time they've done a price increase. But that was one a one-off where we've seen a price decrease. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. So it, it seems like it doesn't really happen all that often. No, no very, very rare. That's the only example we can think of. Yeah, there's no half-off boardwalk points. Not happen. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I can see that. Uh, so, okay, I, I have a question. I, I think this is interesting. Uh, and this is from Mark R. Um, have you seen any change in Grand California prices with the opening of Galaxy's Edge? Has that had any effect? Funny enough, we've actually seen Grand Cal, no, I'm not saying they're like on clearance, right? But we've seen Grand Cal prices dip almost $20 per point in the last uh, 12 months. Yeah, wow. And I think what happened was, I mean, if you were to go on last year and look at our site and go and look for Grand Cal contracts, you might find two, right? Yeah. You might find, I think there was a point where we had absolutely none left. Um, it so- was the best call <laughs> you could get was when a seller reached out, right, and said, hey, Derek, hey, hey, Marissa, I've got some Grand, Grand Cal points to sell. Can you help me? It was like, <laughs> yes, absolutely we can, because we knew that, honestly, it would sell that day. That day. Crazy. Before it hit the site. So it was, they were selling as fast as they were coming in, and I think what happened is that market just just skyrocketed in price and probably overpriced, um, not much, but it did overprice, right? So then a lot of sellers went and saw that and said, you know what? I own Grand Cal. I can sell for two twenty dollars a point. I'm going to put my listing out there. And then we did get a lot more offers. Now, the beauty is Grand Cal is still selling for more than any other resale contract is. So you're still getting a great premium for Grand Californian. But it has actually dropped a bit year over year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think even looking on our website right here, you could even say that, you know, back in May of 18, the Grand Cal was 209 a point. Now the average for May of 2019 is about 190 dollars a point. So oh, wow. if, if you're one of those folks that say, and we talk to them all the time, like, 
probably the number one question we get, you know, whether it's on live chat or whether they call in or they'll say Derek or Marissa. So I just want to be clear. I'm looking into DVC, but um, so I can buy points anywhere, right? And I could use them anywhere I want at seven months. And we said, well, sure, that's one of the great things about the club. You know, how, how do you see yourself using the membership? Oh, well, we only go to Disneyland. So we only want to use these points for the Grand California. So, <laughs> yeah, so can I buy like 500 points at Vero mm. and go stay at Grand Cal? That's mm. where it's yeah. so of any resort, probably, I think, honestly, outside of the Boardwalk and Beach Club during Food and Wine Festival, or really during any yeah. festival season, is the Grand Californian. If you see yourself using points and wanting to use points at the Grand Californian, it is absolutely critical that you purchase points at the Grand Californian if you're going to be able to book 11 months in advance. Again, as your audience knows, they're super smart. There's only one DVC at Disneyland. Right, you got in Florida. You got almost ten to be able to pick from, and there's not one coming anytime soon. So that is your one and only choice. So uh, that's why it's still an amazing deal and so important to purchase the Grand Cal if that's where you see yourself wanting to stay. Yes. So no Star Wars bump though. Nothing changed no? with Star Wars. Now, have just as a follow up, and I'm not trying to jump in uh, in your spot here, Trevor. But um, have no, you seen any? Di- <laughs> have you seen any difference with Star Wars coming up at uh, Disney World? Has there been any change to the market for Beach Club and Boardwalk? Since those are ob- ostensibly the closest two resorts, you know, pretty much. Besides, you know, what Caribbean is closer to Hollywood Studios. I I don't know. I'm thinking geography in my head. But anyway, um, I I was wondering if you've seen any different difference with those two resorts with uh, Star Wars coming up. Yeah. So we on the flip side of that, we actually have. I mean. Boardwalk has increased almost $11 per point year over year. Um, Beach Club has gone up in terms of like value. Not Beach Club prices haven't gone up to a ton, um, but the demand has gone up way higher. So if you go to our site, yeah. we maybe have two listings right now for Beach Club. So if you own Beach oh, Club, wow. it's a great time to sell. Um, but yeah, so we the demand. Those are both of my listings too, and they're really really good. So if you want to look at love, I love Shameless the plug. plug That's here. fantastic. Um, That's good plug. That's so a good plug. yeah, I think Boardwalk. We've definitely seen a price increase. I think honestly, it's hard to even tell for sure with Beach Club the average price increase, just because we haven't had the inventory to sell it properly in the last two months, just because the demand has been so high. Um, I think in combination as well with Beach Club has been that. Disney has actually been buying that back, which is quite mm-hmm. surprising. Um, so I think where they haven't been buying that Grand Californian. So I think because of that, that has also increased that demand for it because now we have people who have bought, right? And then Disney bought it back and they need to find something new. So not only do we have our regular buyers who want to buy it, but we also have a lot mm-hmm. of Roford buyers who want to buy something that Disney had bought back from yeah. them. And, and we obviously do. You know, We help thousands of members that want to add on. And probably the most popular resorts that members who've been members for a while that they want to add on is they know the pure joy of trying to get into the beach club or the boardwalk at that seven-month window, (laughs) right? So they reach out and say, listen, I'm looking for a contract. Maybe it's every other year. I'll buy 100 points, 150. But, Derek, it is becoming impossible to get into the boardwalk or the beach club at that seven-month window. So that's what makes it great. And I can tell your audience, too, it's not going to get any easier you know, there's more exciting stuff coming to these parks at Epcot and the studios than I think ever in the history of Disney World. So those resorts with that prime real estate, you don't have to worry about a Skyliner in the middle of summer. You could just walk over to the parks. It's uh, it's fantastic. So, yeah, that's a huge, huge reason is that we help thousands of members add points to their ownership as well if they determine that they might have a favorite resort that they want to try to be able to get into more on a regular basis. 
Okay, so so we don't necessarily know if that's attributable to Star Wars or just all the stuff that's coming, right? This is and those resorts are popular anyway, right? So I think it's in tribute to the Ratatouille ride that's coming oh, to France. I, I think that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. yes, it's coming. Oh, okay. I'm excited for that. <laughs> I, I am. Excited I am for I'm very excited for that. <laughs> I, I am I'm, excited for. It. I'm excited for a new dark ride always. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so go go ahead, Trevor, so, with your next question here. So I, I guess kind of in the same vein of you know current things. Or, or current events affecting DVC prices. So Sarah asked us the question of, um, do you think that the uh, uh, annual pass increase will have any effect on DVC sales? No. I, and to be honest, I mean, Disney has to keep increasing just because of the demand and the amount of people coming into the parks. They're going to increase as long as they have people coming in. So they're going to keep those ticket prices going. And I think with anything with Disney – We've seen it in the past with even DVC prices. When they raise prices, the demand just continues to grow. So as long as they're able to do that, and I think they probably have tons of people on their finance team and marketing team to determine, hey, is this the right timing to go ahead and increase this? They've done the back research on this. So not only do I think it'll change park attendance, I don't think it's going to have any effect on DVC or resale. No, and, and honestly, my opinion is I think even more important if I was on the fence about buying DVC is not how much the annual passes are going up. I'd be looking to see how much are the hotel prices going up. That's what you want to look at. You want to look up to say, man, I remember five years ago we paid X amount to stay at a value resort. How much is that exact same resort in that exact same room now plus tax? That's what really helps drive sales for Disney Vacation Club. And that's what every owner always says. It's the best thing we ever did, right? And it's probably, again, a good time (laughs) when Disney does any sort of increase, right? They don't just do like, hey, let's just do a small increase here. What, the reason they're doing an increase is because there's too much demand, right? So if they're doing it for annual passes, you better believe what is their next round of increase going to look like for their direct pricing on DVC. So mm-hmm. for, again, those people on the fence, whether you're looking to add on or you're looking to purchase for the first time, this might be a good sign to go, let's do this now before Disney does their increase, which is typically in January. And we see that affect not just direct, but also resale prices. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. To, Go ahead, Trevor. Yeah, I, I was, was going to say, to give it a bit of perspective, too, for, for anyone listening to the podcast. So before I bought into DVC, um, we stayed at the Grand Californian, um, just paid for a room there. And I paid $230 a night to stay there. So this was quite a few years ago. And if anybody has looked at the price to stay at the Grand Californian today, it's, you know, well over $500 a night. Whew. So yeah. The, um, yeah. To, to reiter- reiterate what Marissa and Derek have been saying, you know, um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, look at things like annual passes and everything as a reason to um, not buy into DVC because no. yeah, there's, <laughs> you save a lot more money otherwise. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point. And uh, you know, it's, you guys understand because you live, I mean, your, your whole business is supply and demand, right? And that dictates the prices, right? And I've always said this with, with, you know, everybody looks at Disney raising, uh, you know, prices of annual passes and they immediately, you know, the first thing they think is cash grab, right? Like, oh, Disney wants more money. Of course they want more money, but there's also the, it's supply and demand. It's basic supply and demand, right? And, and, you know, I think Disney figured out a long time ago that, 
uh, crowded parks are not good for, it's not good for them even uh, to have super crowded parks because people are unhappy. They don't want to mm-hmm. come back again. Um, and I, I and, and that people don't want to come back, right? So, and kind of to what you're talking about, they, they're going to keep raising prices until demand goes down, right? And that's how it's going to go. And it stinks. You know, nobody wants to pay more for anything. I don't want to pay more for my annual pass. I get why people are upset about it, but like you said, it's, it's with this huge demand and even with all this new stuff that they're adding, it's just going to continue. I mean, with, with more and more demand, uh, for, for these parks. So they're going to keep raising the prices, but mm-hmm. I mean, tickets are a place where they have lowered prices before or they do promotions or, you know, if they, they need to, you know, gin up some demand, they, they know how to do those things too. So, um, but anyway, I, I, I appreciate that, that answer. I, I think that's a, a, a good thing for people to hear because I, I think, uh, a lot of people, don't realize the motivations behind those increases sometimes and and that uh you know disney is is not always just money hungry i mean they are they they like their money but um but it's also part of supply and demand as well so i think we should do one more question because we've we've had you guys for about an hour now and i don't want to you know hold you forever but um i think we should do one more question here and then uh let you guys go so i want to ask you let's see um Let's say, so this is something that came up when we were talking to you guys before. Um, uh, Mark H. actually asked us, are they forecasting Copper Creek to retain its current resale value or will it eventually drop to Boulder Ridge prices? And and I was just talking to you guys. I saw there was a Copper Creek uh, contract uh, on the site. So, because <laughs> uh, I was interested in it because Copper Creek is uh, my next purchase, I think. But, uh, but yeah, that's an interesting question. You know, how do those resorts, uh, you know, over time, how do the values change on those? Yeah, so I think, like, with the comparison of Copper Creek and Boulder Ridge is Copper Creek has 26 more years. So yeah. it's always going to hold a lot higher value. That's a, that's a huge factor into what people look when they're purchasing is the years remaining on the membership. Now, what we've seen with Copper Creek in terms of, like, demand as well is it, it's sitting right there currently with those monorail resorts. So with Copper Creek, kind of the beauty of it is it does have the longest term membership that you can find on resale. It's not officially on monorail. So it's not a Polynesian, a Bay Lake, or Grand Floridian. Now Grand Floridian, we have seen prices jump up quite a bit, but Bay Lake Tower, Polynesian, and Copper Creek right now all sit about the same. And I would imagine for the time being, they're all going to stay pretty close to that unless we see the market flooded. But Copper Creek's so small, we probably won't. Yeah. And and it's one of those things where folks you know, ask and say, well, when am I going to see some points on the resale market for X Resort? And for a while, it was, of course, Copper. But as always, you know, it takes a while. I mean, it takes a while for the resale market to actually get points on something. I mean, I, I remember a while ago, it was like, man, it's hard. We're not seeing a lot of Polynesian. Now, after folks have had the membership for a couple of years, right, they're going to figure out, A, is it a good fit? Or B, financially, can I continue doing what I'm doing? If they can't, then that's when they reach out. So, I mean, at least me, I'm starting to see a lot more folks looking to sell their Copper Creek, which, again, that's why our inventory changes all the time. We can sometimes get guys up to, you know, 90 plus listings in a single week. So we get wow. a lot, a lot of <laughs> listings every single week. So, yeah. Well, that's great. Um, so I, I appreciate that answer. Um, before I let you guys go, before we, Ed, Trevor, is there anything else you want to ask before we, uh, before we let them go? No, I, I think, I think we, we've covered off a lot of what we, we wanted yeah. our listeners to, to get answers on today. So thank you. Yeah. For that, and guys. 
Yeah, and I, I really I want to read this email from one of our listeners before you guys go, just because it involves you. So I feel like I should read it. <laughs> so, um, but so this is from Mike, and Mike uh, he said, uh, "Just wanted to update you guys, uh, you on my uh, DVC journey. I wrote in almost a year ago with a ton of questions, which you all graciously answered. On my trip in May, I rented out points as sort of a test drive for DVC." Um, I took the tour as well, and although I was pretty settled on buy- buying resale, I was still on the fence about buying 75 po- uh, direct points now. I decided the extra benefits are worth it to me. So as of May 31st, I officially became a DVC member with 75 points at Copper Creek. Uh, since this happened early in my trip, I was able to take full advantage of some of the benefits, including the discounts, Epcot Lounge, Top of the World. Um, we had 10-day tickets, which we upgraded to annual pass gold for a whopping $56 per ticket. That upgrade is the best, by the way. That's just you know, really nice. I don't even know how many people know you can do that, but you can. Um, you can upgrade to an annual pass and just pay the difference between the tickets that you already bought and, uh, and then what the pass is. Um, when I got home, my first DVC stay, he, he booked his first DVC stay for January at Bay Lake Tower. And he's currently working with Marissa, DVC Resale Market. So Marissa, shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> and he has an accepted offer uh, on a contract at Saratoga. He's waiting on a uh, right of first refusal and hoping that this one gets through. The team at D- DVC Resale Market has been amazing and the process is incredibly simple. I want to thank you all for being a huge resource on my journey from learning about DVC to now becoming a member. Keep up the great work. So I just wanted to read that guys to you guys before we, uh, before we adjourned. That is <laughs> awesome. awesome. That- yeah, we're, we're so excited to see that email it's awesome i love that marissa's husband writes the best emails so good <laughs> that's funny ow 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 <laughs> oh, that's really funny the funny thing is after this we have the ad for you guys uh, since you're sponsoring this episode too so <laughs> oh, look at that. like two for one yeah it's, it is yeah. <laughs> but but thank you guys so much for coming on we really appreciate it um I, I yeah, know absolutely. our listeners get so much out of this. Um, so no, we are we are so grateful. I mean, we, we truly it. get so get excited, excited. <laughs> when you reach out. We're like, do you want to come do it in the office, or should we do it from your house or my house? We love it just because the response. You know, every time we come on, and most importantly, we just have such fun with you guys and your audience is so smart and has such great questions. And again, for those folks that feel like they may have questions or might even be ready, like the folks that still listen to the show, just hit that make an offer button. And again, we always want to attribute it back to this show because that's what we love to be able to do. So we can go to Nick and say, Nick, this is the perfect podcast. No other (laughs) podcast comes close, Nick. This is the only one we have to work with that. Make sure that when you make an offer, make sure that in that scroll down bar, right? Put Derek, or you can put Marissa, but most importantly, in that comment section, be sure to put the Welcome Home Podcast because we absolutely treasure our time with you guys, and thank you so, so much. Yeah, I and Trevor, I don't know if you want to say anything before we go, but uh, if you guys do have additional questions, please feel free to reach out to them through the website or through their emails. I think they mentioned them a couple times. But uh, Trevor, I don't know if you yeah. want to say anything else before we let them go. Yeah, I think we. I just want to reiterate, you know, we, we love you guys so much like we we have a blast when you guys come on the show and and we we love hearing how much that what we do here affects what like you guys being able to do resale and everything so so thanks so much for joining us today thank you for having us we love coming back and again you your guys's audience is awesome the questions we get are the best so we love we love whenever we get the chance to come on so thanks for having us thank you great thanks guys appreciate it um and and hope you guys have a good one and uh, we'll i'm sure we'll talk again soon and we'll we'll hear from our listeners too so 
We're happy to come on each and every week. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I, I mean, we can we could try for Garrett's that. Going to uh, join the podcast? Yeah, so. I'm going to join. <laughs> well, we do it every other week, so that those in between weeks be will be kind of awkward. <laughs> yeah, a we little ambitious have, there. Yeah, <laughs> we used to do an in between show, and then we ran out of time. So it's just enough. It's just the right yeah. amount to leave them wanting more. That's what we love. <laughs> That's what you do, right? All right. Well, thank you guys again. Appreciate it, and um, you know, we'll talk again sometime soon here. Those guys are just the best, aren't they? I mean, oh, yeah. seriously, <laughs> we just we just love working with them, and uh, they just are are just the best. I, we're lucky to have them as sponsors and friends of the show, honestly. Yeah, just yeah, so much fun. I, I I'm always excited when when I know we're having them on the podcast because we just yeah we have such a good time. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. For, and actually, this is probably a good time to do the ad too for them. So yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll just go ahead and do that right now. Right, all right, go for it. <laughs> Let's do it. DVC Resale Market is the leader in the DVC resale industry with 11 former DVC guides and two former Disney Vacation Club quality assurance managers. We just talked to a couple of the former guides right now, so uh, you know that they're there. Uh, if you're thinking of buying DVC, browse the largest selection of DVC resale listings anywhere with DVC experts on hand seven days a week to answer your questions. If you're thinking about selling, turn to the friendly professionals at DVC Resale Market where over 98% of listings sell within 30 days and nearly 3,000 contracts were sold in 2018 alone. So as you heard Marissa and Derek say today, go to dvcresellemarket.com or call 1-844-DVC-PROS, which is 1-844-382-7767. Again, make sure you let them know that Welcome Home sent you. That's important for us. It's important for them to know that our, our listeners are, are getting, uh, you know, good quality uh, uh, information out of these ads and out of these, uh, you know, visits by DVC Resell Market. So uh, just let them know and welcome home in those comments or when you call up. Uh, and that's great. So again, that's dvcresellemarket.com or 1-844-DVC-PROS. So great. Awesome as always. So much yes. fun. So um, we, wow, we've talked about just dvc for well over an hour here which yeah so we probably lost all the people that don't care about dvc um well, but, but hopefully but that's okay i mean yeah, well no that's not okay but it's <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't mean that yeah no it's it's okay <laughs> yeah, but, but but yeah let, let's uh let's change gears here a little bit because we, we do have some listener emails that we didn't get to last week um or so so we we had the one from mike there which i mean that, that's so awesome that uh yeah. Uh, that Mike was able to get in contact with DVC resale and j just hearing, hearing how, how far it's come is, it's kind of mind blowing to me that, that, you know, we, we've been doing this podcast as long as we have that, you know, people are coming back a year later and telling us these stories. I'm just shocked so, that we've helped anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we've actually helped somebody. That's weird. Uh, For sure. But, you know, yeah, it's no, and thank you for that email. We appreciate that. And yeah. we, we've gotten a couple emails like that and some of them we read on the show and, and we just, we love to hear those stories. I mean, cause we, we do this podcast because we love DVC. We love Disney and to be able to share that with people and, you know, just talking about our love of it, convincing other people to do it, uh, you know, and, and not, you know, obviously we don't get anything when you buy a contract, right? In fact, it's probably, it's less availability for us, right? So yeah, yeah, we, we got to fight just as much as you guys to, to get those contracts, but at the very least, you know, us, us getting them on the show, you know, we're, we're able to share the, the inside track as best we can. Right. So yeah, exactly. Did Damon just I show did. up to the podcast out of nowhere? What I, is I, going I, on here? Out of nowhere. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I just did. all That's the time. That's what I kind of told you, though. Like I was, <laughs> I 
<laughs> well, DVC resale market just left, so now we're talking Disney stuff. So we yeah. asked your question, though. We yeah. did ask your question. Well, well that's yeah. interesting. I, I, I won't listen, so you might as well tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you only listen when you're on it, right? That's... I don't think I ever listen. I, I, li- oh, really? I, listen, I listen to other podcasts. I have an, uh, some, some other Disney podcasts that I like to listen to. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like they say, you know, with musicians, like, you know, a lot of hip-hop musicians only listen to jazz. I don't know, you know. Is, maybe, that, is that true? Hmm. Maybe there's something to be said. Mm-hmm. I, I, but anyway, so the, the quick the quickness is that what did they have to say? What's the uh, what's for, the rehash? I I I don't remember. Oh, um, <laughs> we asked your question way back at the beginning, uh, so. very beginning, like an hour ago. ago. That was yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, I can't remember what they answered. Um, you know, go rewind and go back and and listen to it. But we'll, we'll tell you later, Damon, when I remember. Um, it's. <laughs> Uh, we were just going to, uh, Trevor was just about to read a, a listener email about uh, Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, this was, uh, so Gina wrote in to us um, about Galaxy's Edge. Um, so, so Gina says uh, she's a Disneyland annual pass holder. Uh, she went to Walt Disney World for the first time in 2001 and uh, back almost every year until 2017, which I, I wish I was doing that all from 2001. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's awesome. Um, so, so she says, uh, yeah, after that, she, um, she got married, she bought Copper Creek and, uh, she wanted to let us know that she's been binge listening to the podcast, um, from January 19, 2019 up until now. And I think she said she's almost caught up as of a couple of weeks ago. So I'm wondering, she might actually be caught up at this point, she, which she could be caught up by now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so, so the, the main reason she wanted to rise is that she wanted to let us know about the opening of Galaxy's Edge. And she wanted to tell us that the reservation system was awesome. Um, she got to ride Smuggler's Run twice and eat some of the Batu food. Um, in her opinion, it needs some work, which, I mean, that's fair. You know, it's, it's a, it's a launch thing. So I'm, I'm sure they're, they've got to do some tweaking to it. I feel like the first three weeks with the reservation system was almost like their soft opening in a weird way. But well, yeah, well, did she so mean too. the reservation system or the food, though? I think the food is what she was saying. She, yeah, she said. I, I think she was saying the food needed some work, which I, I think that's fair. Um, I, I, I don't know of any any place I that's don't know, opened the Pandora up. Pandora food was pretty good from Jump. Was it? It's still, yeah. it's still pretty good too. I, yeah. I ate there on my last trip. But it was, it's good. It's good. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, so, so that's fair. Um, she also, she says that the, uh, um, the Disney play app is a must and could keep someone busy for, busy for Bis- hours. Disney. I, I like that. Disney. <laughs> Disney. It's a new word. Disney Disney. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, surprised they don't have that trademarked. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's gotta be a thing. Yeah. So, so yeah, she said, uh, you know, definitely get the Disney play app. Um, uh, hold on. Uh, on a separate note, Disneyland is completely separate and empty because all the pass holders, except for the, the top tiers, signature and signature plus are blocked out. So, um, the interesting thing is that anyone who's listening to this podcast at, by when this, uh, goes up, the reservation system is going to change. So we'll actually, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out over the next couple of weeks from her experience. We're actually going to talk about that in a topic in a few yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, we'll get back into that. But, but she was saying this as of the launch of Galaxy's Edge. So, so starting from, uh, from Monday going forward, it's going to change, um, a bit. So, um, oh wow. She's got, a, we got a bunch of <laughs> stuff from her. Wait, did you guys <laughs> start at six o'clock? Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're already an hour and a half in? Well, an hour and 13. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so, okay. So sorry. Thank yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just reading through all the notes here that Tom gave me on this email because there, there's a bunch <laughs> of different s- spots here that, that were broken out. Um, she, so she, she goes on to mention that, it, so if you're going to Disneyland, um, la- the Star Wars launch bay is completely separated from Galaxy's Edge. So we have the launch bay in Hollywood Studios as well, but it's kind of close to where Galaxy's Edge is. Um, the launch bay in Disneyland is like on the other side of the park. So keep that in mind if you want to go meet, um, Darth Vader or Chewie or whatever, that that's a separate thing from going to see Galaxy's Edge. So, that, so that's a good thing to note for anyone that, that hasn't looked into this deeply yet. Um, she also goes on to say that um, Galaxy's Edge has, um, it has a very immersive feel to it, like Pandora. And hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, it was, it was I'm, a long email. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to read like three sentences ahead, and I keep tripping myself up. So. Um, she just she seemed to like it a lot. Maybe we. Yes. Could just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She 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 really liked it. She um she's excited for for Hollywood Studios, and um, I'm planning to enter. She's going to okay, do the 6 a.m. Uh, like I'm going to try to do. Yeah. So, so she's saying, yeah, for Hollywood Studios, you know, she wants to or she thinks rope dropping because she thinks that four hours wasn't enough in Disneyland, which. Wait, wait a second. We have breaking news here, though. Hey, did you just see that email that came through? There's an email that came through. Oh, Bra- breaking about? news. Breaking news. We need to interrupt the, the podcast here. So Marissa sent over a message and uh, said, so <laughs> funny enough, Derek and I are the only ones who work on Sunday night. So we missed a company call during the podcast. I just called them back. They're putting in an offer because they heard us on Welcome Home podcast in January. Thanks again, guys. <laughs> that's wow. breaking news. That's 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 funny. <laughs> that's breaking news. That's yeah. That's, that's sorry to interrupt news. you, Trevor. I mean, you you, no, you, you no, are that, rambling a little bit, so I don't feel. I, so I know. Bad. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. That I, I totally butchered this email. Um, I think it's a great email from Gina. We appreciate yeah. it. It sounds like she had a good time. So, yeah. yeah, I yeah yeah. The summary is you know you know check out Galaxy's Edge. Um, you need more really time for. See... She said she, she did say that you need more time for the cantina and that yeah. Yeah. It was packed up the entire time, and that stuff's expensive to buy there as souvenirs, as we all well know. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah I think we all know it's going to be expensive. I mean, we we were talking uh, many episodes ago about the twenty five thousand uh, dollar droid, yeah, the, yeah, droids that they're selling, and they've they've already reported they've sold at least like five of them. I, which, I, they may have gotten the companies though. That's what I'm going to say. Is like you, you know, if I'm a startup company and I have some capital to burn from investors, I, I could see getting one of those. That's kind of cool. I'm sure there are individuals that can afford them as well, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, some of them might not be, you know, company sponsored. I'm betting it's also like those cosplay groups you see at the conventions. I wouldn't be surprised if like a group of people got together. What are they called? The the 50 what? 501 or something like that. Yeah. 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 I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me in the least that they've sold like five. I I would have thought it was more. I I thought I would love more. If I had the money, oh boy. That'd be cool. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's the ultimate like piece of. It's like uh, the Barney you know. Stinson Stormtrooper for 2019. I don't even know what that is. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you know, a little bit of me kind of you know cries inside when I say I stuff mean, like so, that, and Tom goes, "I don't know." But, I mean, you know, I think I speak for the majority of the audience. Oh my goodness, you do not. Topic, you you know? do not. You've never seen <laughs> How I Met Your Mother. Probably one of the no. most popular shows of all no, time. Never watched that show. No. Okay. Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. You don't. 
Yeah, I know who's in it. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I just, you know. It's like, you, you know what, Trevor? It doesn't even surprise me. I mean, it hurts me. I mean, it hurts, <laughs> but it doesn't surprise me anymore because we're literally talking to somebody that loves DVC, that loves Disney, that's never been on Space Mountain. So, I mean, I mean it shouldn't I, be surprising. What he does doesn't this have know to one do of with the... How I Met Your Mother, though? Like, it should have because to do anything Barney to do Stinson with has a Stormtrooper statue oh. in his grandiose apartment and it's you know okay. a running thing so yeah oh, okay anyway. gotcha. fair enough <laughs> i'll just i'll just over here and whimper for a little bit it's okay i mean it's okay it's okay, <laughs> it's okay. have you ever seen friends yeah you sure, you oh, sure man, about but... that like yes, you don't sound too I, sure I, about that listen i'm hard I've, I've, <laughs> I, I watch a lot of television shows i just ha- i just haven't watched that one okay Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just not one I've gotten into. I, I know lots of people like it. It's just not one that's, uh, that's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. So, but anyway, <laughs> I don't know how we got talking about this. This is crazy. Um, but yeah, so thank you for the email, Gina. Let's, let's talk about, um, uh, this, uh, the new restaurant at Riviera because I'm excited about this. The I don't know Topolino who wants to know. Terrace? Is that what it's yeah. called? Yeah. I'm, Topolino? I'm is it Topolino? I'm excited about new food. Yeah. But again, I'm kind of, Am I excited about new food and characters? I don't know, but it's you know what? It, it's it looks only characters good. for breakfast. It's only characters for breakfast. Yeah, I mean, looking at some of the selections that they listed out so far, looks pretty good. Let's see what we got. Uh, so they so it's open right now for reservations because we're 180 days out. Um, but the breakfast is going to have Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, Donald Duck, Daisy Duck, who will have uh, outfits unique to that Disney resort. So that's pretty cool that they're going to have those characters. I'm trying to think what meals you can actually meet them at. Um, Chef Mickey's obviously, but Mickey shows up at Garden Grill. But I don't. What other character greetings do they show up at? Um, I, I think I that think, might be it. I think the more interesting one here is Donald and Daisy because uh, there, there's the one in Animal Kingdom, Tusker House, yeah. I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah, really yeah. good food, by the way. Yeah, Tusker's cool. Mm. Um, but I, this looks interesting, though. So, and at dinner, it goes. So, it's breakfast is the character, kind of like Ohana in a way, where it's only breakfast is characters, and then for dinner, it's uh, it's it's you know regular restaurant. So, from five o'clock to nine o'clock, it's a signature dinner: um, oak gr- oak grilled meat, seafood and pasta dishes, uh, rigatoni with braised chicken, charred artichokes, cream fresh. Creme fraiche. Creme fraiche. Yeah. I said that right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. He, 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 he will when he, I mean, I he, will when he edits, edits it later tonight. Don't worry. I'm just going to edit yeah. it out. Yeah. It's just, you, you'll never hear this. Exactly. I edit out all of our mistakes. <laughs> Don't you know that? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh, it sounds good, else? though. Yeah. It, it sounds really good. And I, the view, it looks like it's going to be amazing, too. Yeah. Because you're gonna get you're gonna get a view of Epcot and Hollywood Studios from the roof. Mm-hmm. That's that's gonna rival top of the world. I mean, I, it, it has to because you get two parks instead of one, right? I mean, that's I I just it looks really cool to me. The resort and I drove by it when we were there two weeks ago. First of all, it looks massive when you see it in person, but it's it's a beautiful looking resort on the outside, and you know it's it's a tall resort, so you're gonna get really good views of those two places and. Uh, you know, it looks like it has a nice outside viewing area, uh, but the inside of the resort, just, I mean, uh, the inside of the restaurant looks really nice too. So I- I'm excited for this one. Like I've said before, I'm not going to buy it, Riviera, but I'll stay there and I'll eat there for sure. I mean, and anyone can eat there. It's not that you have to stay there no. to eat there. So I'm actually, as, as we speak here, I'm, I'm sending this over for my uh, <clears throat> November trip to see if I can get my friends to get us reservations when those 180 days rolls out. 
Well, not for, it, it, it doesn't, doesn't open until December 16th. Ah, so that's brutal. Yeah. I don't like you gotta that. Wait till next year. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't yeah, like that not, at all. Yeah, none of us are going to be able to try this out this year. That's no. that's a shame. Wait, who's so who's shame. going after November? Tom, aren't you going again? Um, I I don't know yet. Um, we might try to do a trip uh, because our annual passes expire in June of next year. So we'll probably try to do a trip in the first six months of next year. Gotcha. Um, just to use the passes one more time. So I I don't know that we haven't scheduled anything or figured anything out. It's just a it's just that like it just makes sense to go another time to use those passes again. Of course. So, yeah. So that's that's where Disney gets you, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's a get you. I mean, it's, no, it's not. But I think it's, it's smart it's, planning on your part if you have the time. Oh, for sure. Because and that's I, it's funny because I was talking to my boss and I was like, uh, I, I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, she was like, where are you going on vacation? I told her, and she and then I was like, yeah, but we're going again in October. She's like, you're going twice. She's like, how do you afford that? She's like, she's like, I know how much money you make. You know, <laughs> she's like, how are you affording that? I'm like, really, all I'm paying for is to get myself there and for food, and that's it. So, because the the room's already paid for, the tickets are already paid for. It's just from there. It's just the food, basically. So, and that's what it'll be next year. You know, if we go before the annual passes end. So, yeah, it's, that's kind of our November trip. Is it, uh, since we pay for everything in January, it's real easy to justify another trip yeah. with the annual pass. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, who wants to talk about this uh, this thing that has everybody really mad? <laughs> See, I, so so this this next topic um, doesn't actually affect me at all. So, oh, me, me either. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> mad about this, but a lot of people on Facebook were certainly well, mad about it. But I'm Canadian, so it affects me even less than you. That's a fair point. That's yeah. a fair point. <laughs> Damon, was this the thing that you said you actually liked? I, I mean, I, I don't mind this, but I don't think this was it, but... You know, again, okay, I don't remember. Else. Um, but I mean, I don't understand what the big deal is. So, so what do we have here? There's a special Fourth of July event at Top of the World Lounge, right? It costs 110 bucks per person, closed to other members, and people are upset because they're closing the DVC Lounge on the fourth for a special event that you have to pay for. I mean, is this what people mm-hmm. are upset about? Yeah, yeah people why? are mad because they booked specifically a Bay Lake Tower so they could watch the fireworks on Fourth of July from there, and then. A month before the, you know, a couple weeks basically before Fourth of July, DVC's like, no, it's going to be closed for a private event. Um, That's why people are mad. I, I, I mean, I, I get that being mad. I don't think I ever really do anything at Disney that like I'm so hell bent on needing to do, especially something like that. I mean, I guess I would be a little disappointed, but I, I mean, it is what it is, right? It's not a deal breaker, really. It's, it's not I a mean... deal breaker for me, but I, I can totally understand how. Some people would be upset, and here's here's kind of how I look at it. Let's say I'm a DVC member, I have a hundred points, right? And and I'm planning trips in terms of three years rather than every year, right? I, then I could kind of understand being a little upset because if you're planning a you know a three year sort of trip, right? Like borrow bank, right? Like sort of points to do this, and you're specifically doing it for Fourth of July for that. I mean, maybe I'm a little upset. I mean, I, you know what I mean. I get that part of it, but. I don't well, know. I mean, and, and I what's think, it? What's it capped at? I think that's the problem. Is it already sold? I'm assuming at this point it's already sold out, right? I don't know. I, I actually haven't seen if it's sold out or not. But I, I mean, I'm assuming it's capped at the occupancy for for Top of the World, which is like a couple hundred people. Well, well and so, see, I think that's what it is. So if you were to tell me that today it's already capped out and people that wanted to do it couldn't do it, then that's different than saying that, hey, listen, it's unfortunate, but it's going to be this X amount of dollars per if you still want to do it, if they still have that option. 
Yeah. Right, it is what it is. But I think it sounds it's still cool. Open last I looked. Yeah, no, it does. It sounds yeah. very cool. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess thinking about it that way too, you know, so so imagine the flip side where they didn't have a paid for event on the Fourth of July, and you have all these people that, like you, you were saying, lining up at know, the door. Yeah, and, and then and then you know it hits capacity, and then there's all these people thinking that they were going to get in that day, and then like I think it's a lot worse to find out in the moment versus you know knowing well, and maybe that's what they're trying to stop right because yeah. at the end of the day you're right like you are not going to go to the park and not be let in on a regular day right like that's not going to you're not going to get wally world at you know wally world it at the park <laughs> yeah. so the thing is is that yes this you could that could happen to you here so i, I get that part of it too right like if you really like if this is what you really want to do then i think that they're giving you the option to really do it right at a price point so well, and DVC was quick to point out that uh, you can that only people staying at Bay Lake Tower are allowed up into the top of the world on July, on July third, where they do the same fireworks on July fourth. So theoretically, if like you had gone just for that and you were staying the third and the fourth, you could go up the third and see the exact same fireworks you would have seen anyway on the fourth. Now, where where this would really affect people is you know people that are just going on the, the you know the night of the fourth of July and not going any other night. But it, it sounds like you could have pretty much the exact same experience on July third and still you know have it be exclusive to Bay Lake. Yeah, uh, and then and then you have your fourth free to do whatever you want. Uh, yeah, there you go. You can go watch them from the park. Yeah. Although I, personally, I wouldn't do that. I, I, I mean, I, sorry, I, I, I guess for me, you know, the equivalent is Canada Day, which happens on July first. So you know, we we do our fireworks before you guys. Um, but even at that, like I, if I was presented with an opportunity to go to Disney for an event like that, I would personally decline it, just because of the fact that that's just crazy to me like like the amount of people that would be there would just be crazy so oh i avoid holidays like oh the no see so. they're they're on yeah. my list i need to go at every holiday at some point that's my that's my list rather than the list of being at every resort which i'd like to do as well but i want to be there for all the holidays like see, I, every major holiday or like yeah yeah let's go with let's go with um major holiday so like i'll say easter right okay thanksgiving christmas, christmas yeah. um Memorial Day? Or no, Fourth no? of July though. Fourth of July. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think about what else outside of that is really New Year's. I I don't want to, but yeah, it's got to be on the list. Unfortunately, right? Like I truly yeah. don't want to. But if you're talking major holidays, yeah. So we'll we'll go with those five. I mean, that's if you're gonna do it, you know, it's it's it'd be cool. It's like it's like going to New Year's in Times Square. Like you you do it once, you know, if you, if you can do it. Like it's a bucket list thing. I mean. Not that I've done it and I don't want to do it, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's, it's, you know, it's going to be crowded. It's going to be rough, but, um, it's, it's an experience in, in and of itself. Right. So, yes. All right. Well, I, like I said, we, I understand why people are mad about this. Disney could have given more notice about it, but, um, you know, the nice thing is if you're staying there the day before, you can at least go up on the third and get the same fireworks experience. So that's good. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about this other piece. Uh, so you know the reservation system is ending at Disneyland. Um, yep. It actually by the day that this comes out, the reservation system is over. Um, so if you're listening to this right now, they're done with reservations, and now we're on the virtual queue system. Reservations for what, Tom? 
Galaxy's Edge. Okay. I'm sorry. I thought yes. I thought I said that. You didn't. Um, so that's okay. Just keep yeah, me there's honest. no more reservation it, system it, for Disney Resorts yeah, at all. That's the only <laughs> thing that we for should all. be reserving anyway. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So so the res- so you know first couple of weeks for Galaxy's Edge, they had the reservation system. Now they're going to be doing a virtual queue system. Personally, I think this is what they're going to do at Disney World. You think I, from I think the get go, you think they're going to do this? Yeah, I, I think do. so. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I agree. I, I, I think this is. I think they're going to have to do it. Um, I, but I, I also think they wanted. We've talked about this. I think we said it on the last podcast. I think they want to test and learn. I think they want to see how this goes at Disneyland. They still have time because this is not something. This is something you do day of, right? And, um, and, and from what I understand, right, you're going to have to be in that park or no? Yes. Yeah. See, that's the good part. Well, and, and the part. nice thing about we it is <laughs> you, can, you can't do it ahead of time, right? So everybody's in the same boat as you, and they don't always activate it. They'll only activate it if there's too many people in the land. So that's so, what they're saying here. So, so, so they're going to yes. let people in until there's a cap and then virtual queue it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Which I don't even – I can't even think of the logistics of that in my head. I'll do sure it's Harry Potter, right? But the thing with the Harry Potter land is, is that there was no virtual queue. There was this – big long line that you <laughs> well, that's stood what Pandora in. did too right yeah I mean you just waited yeah. in this line and you're like okay two people come out two people go in like it was very uh, low tech well this is this is the high tech version of that yeah right? so, so it is a yeah. bunch of years later so I would hope so yeah it does seem like they maybe learned a lesson from Pandora although I don't know if they really thought Pandora was going to be as big as it ended up being right because I, I don't know maybe 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 not but maybe this just they didn't have the capability of doing it this time, and maybe they've been planning on doing this since they announced Star Wars, and you know they probably knew it was going to be rough. See, so, but I, I just I look at this and I go, the problem with this is is that there's going to be people that literally sit in Star Wars land all day, right? I, I'm concerned that the, while this sounds like a great idea, you're going to get people that just sit all day, especially in the beginning, just go and ride Smuggler's Run, and then just hang run. out. Yeah, and just straight yeah, I mean, they're up not going to kick out. people out, right? Well, that, that's and again, that's where it becomes more of a problem. That's kind of a little bit what happened with Harry Potter. Is like, man, you're in this line and you, know, you sit there for half an hour, and two people leave. And you're like, oh, like this is tough, right? Because it's like being at a restaurant and just going, oh my goodness, really? It's this long of a wait. Like that's the only thing. And while it is virtual, I get that you can go around and do other things. Well, what the heck is there to do? And, well, further to that is, you know, they, they've now got that system in with everything is tier one for all the rides in Hollywood Studios. So, I, yeah, I mean, the, the, the problem with that is that it's, you know, yeah, if you don't get to Galaxy's Edge right away, you're in the queue, but then you're in the queue, but then, you know, you've get, you get one fast pass. So you're either sitting outside doing nothing <laughs> yeah. or being in Star Wars. And the thing is, once you get in Star Wars, you're probably a little bent for however long it had to take you to get in that you're not leaving. Well, the thing is, mm-hmm. though, so you have a two hour time period, though. So it sounds to me like you can reserve it and then go elsewhere. I don't think you, you can leave two... the park, though. I don't know. I don't no, think, I don't think so. Anywhere, does it? Uh, you, you know what? You... I wouldn't risk that. Well, and again, I don't yeah. know what it says versus what it doesn't say, but then... Why would I not just roll to the park and then, you know, is everyone going to have to be there? Probably not, right? So I, I believe it. I mean, it's, I think everybody in your group would have to be there, yeah. But how? Like, how are they going to, like I said, if you're virtual queuing off of your app off of one phone. Yeah, you just need the phone there. You don't need the whole. So party am there. I going to go, not... am I going to go there, queue up while everyone's sleeping? 
Unless unless they tie it to um, magic when bands? you scan in, yeah, park entry. I'm assuming it's going to be Magic Band, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Well, at Disney World, I mean Disneyland. I don't, I don't know how it's, they. It's the same that. thing. They have they have. Uh, it's not a Magic Band, but they have the park tickets are RFID enabled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it should be interesting, but I, I think that at least in the beginning, the problem with this is going to be is you are going to get people that are there for a very long time, clogging up the queue a little bit. That's just my thought, unfortunately. Yeah, I guess how are they going to manage that part of, you know, how, how do you get people to leave without telling them get out? I'm just thinking, <laughs> well, okay, so I don't know how much of a problem it's going to be in the very beginning because I'm thinking Rise of the Resistance isn't open, right? So you're going to have one ride and then a bunch sure, of shops but, to wander but, around. But right? think about it like this, Tom, right? So now are they implementing, are they still going to implement uh, Cantina things right like so time spent at cantina because people will hang out there all day like you know here's the thing so we just saw recently that people were waiting which again sounds so ridiculous to me but you know you saw 10 hours for the hagrid ride right okay so we'll we'll go with that just as an example so if you're telling me that you're willing to wait 10 hours for a ride why would you not stay somewhere for 10 hours you you know what i mean like it's just it's the same sort of feeling for me and i think people are going to do that they are going to go to star wars and stay for 10 hours and then this becomes an issue it's worth pointing out that for the cantina and for the uh the lightsaber workshop there's going to be reservations required so still for the cantina yeah, for the cantina and for the lightsaber building, you're going to have to well, do reservations. And, and, like, and yes, that's so the lightsaber building though has an end point. Is the cantina going to have an end time for you as well? Like where there's a certain amount of drinks, yeah. like and then you like get they out. were doing before, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't say, but I mean, they they could just be not saying that. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I I gotta wonder if maybe that's how they're going to kind of push us instead of so you'll you'll have the queue to get into the land. Yep. But then when you're in there. Maybe there will be some restrictions around, like the number of times you can be, ride, times in yeah. cantina. That would be fine. So you're giving people a little bit more of a, little bit of a less stressed experience, but at the same time you're kind of keeping them out of hanging out all day, which is you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I, I that this is a far more complex thing than I. And I'm sure that Disney has thought about all of this, right? Like we are, we are not bringing up anything that's new to them. So for sure. Uh, And I, you know, I find this interesting. I was just reading through the details of this. So you have to book with credit card guarantee, right? So kind of like when you do dining reservations and I'm seeing what with credit card guarantee. The the reservations for the cantina and for the lightsaber. uh, Okay. For the building. But if you don't show up for the lightsaber building, they charge you 200 bucks. But let's say you can't get in. (laughs) Wow. Are you saying that everyone that has a reservation will be able to get into the land regardless so, of yeah, the So yeah, so only only same day reservations can be made. So I'm assuming they have some sort of way of knowing that you can get into the land or maybe maybe they'll let you in. Maybe you can mm-hmm. just have a reservation for those things and get into the land. So, so, I don't know. so now all of a sudden right this gets a little interesting, right? Cuz now it's a little bit of a pay to play if 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 we're going that route. So okay, so Again, I'm just going to think about this. You know, this is not what Disney's doing. This is just a thought process, right? So let's just say that we have a bunch of people that are going to stay 10 hours and just hang out there, especially in the beginning. And I really want to get in. Well, I can make a reservation at the cantina or do lightsaber, and I'm definitely in. 
Well, it's so that's I just found these are all theories. Here. These are all yeah, theories. No, so. no, it's not a theory. So I, I've, I've read some more details. Reservations for both experiences, so the cantina and for the building, will allow access into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at the time of reservation. So it will be not be necessary to join a boarding group, which meaning you know the virtual queue. So basically, if you make a reservation for either one of these, you can get in without doing the virtual queue. But the thing like is, the lightsaber about. stuff though, it's only one extra person per lightsaber bill, right? Two people max. Is that what it is? Um, if I remember I know, correctly, I think it is. Well, they, yeah, they do. I, I think it only is like 13 people at a time in the room that they do. It no, so but what I'm saying super, is like if I book um, for my – let's say I book for myself. Yeah. Well, let me say I book for my kid. I can go with them, but that's it. The whole family cannot go through Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. So you, they only I'm let saying. in like one person accompanying that other person. So, so yeah. So here's the question. So let's just say I have lightsaber building experience, right? And I booked it. Um, does my whole family get in or just the two of us? doesn't say that these are all interesting questions it is i I would think it would just be the the two of you but yeah that's that that was what i would think too yeah wouldn't that be annoying Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah but it's it's an interesting scenario and like you said it's kind of paid for but uh, but again i'm sure they've thought about all this i just think we just don't have all the information yet yeah but that's also why I think we don't know if that's what they're going to do at disney world yet right they want to work out all these things a lot more people at disney world that's why they yeah. want to work out the kinks first, you know? I don't think I, the I, land's going to be any bigger, but there's a lot more people involved, so. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Well, okay. Well, I think we – anything else you guys want to mention about that? I, I think uh, – No. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to keep watching what goes on at Disneyland here over the next couple of weeks because, yeah, that's really going to – I think that's going to shape a lot of what we see in August in Hollywood Agreed. Studios. Agreed. Yeah, and and so far it seems like it's gone pretty smoothly, so we'll see. Um, and either one of you guys want to read this thing about the pass holder preview? We don't have to spend, have to spend a lot of time on it, but I, I thought it was sure. interesting that they're doing this, and I hope they do a DVC one. But go ahead. Yeah. So Disney announced uh, pass holder previews will be available for select annual pass tiers at uh, Hollywood Studios before its grand opening on August 29th. Platinum, Platinum Plus, and Premier annual pass holders will have the opportunity to register for a special preview opportunity. Although specific dates have yet to be announced, the rumor suggests that the preview dates would begin around August 11th and capacity is limited and will be available on a first come first serve basis. So this knocks out a lot of DVC people because Mm -hmm. DVC members often buy the gold passes as opposed to the higher end passes. Yep. Well, that's what I did, but I, that's what I did too. I have a gold pass. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not mad about this, you know, me either. either. That's, that's fine. You know, they, you know, if if you're willing to pay for a platinum, you get to get into Galaxy's Edge before the rest of us. Do I care that you got in before I did? No, I don't, because I'm still going to get to get in there later. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I want David. What do you think about this? Because I know you're like a first day want to be there. Like it, this doesn't it bother me guy. because if I wanted to, if I wanted to do this, you knew that this was going to be coming, right? Like if I felt that yeah. this was such a necessity for me. There's no not there's absolutely nothing stopping a DVC member for buying Platinum Plus. Mm-hmm. No, so. no, absolutely not. That's it. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing about it. I I don't know if they'll do a DVC preview event or not. They certainly haven't announced one, but you know I know DVC members would like to see one. That'd be nice, but I don't know if we will or not. I just I mean, don't think it's feasible. Honestly, I I think you know as much as they want to appease dvc members it's also again we we keep you know saying this is 
Like I, I get the whole point of, you know, feeling special and, you know, being the first one in, but we also have the opportunity where, you know, we can be there in a year or two years or three. Like it's, I don't know, offering it to DVC members. It's like, yeah, it's a nice perk, but to assume that every time a new land opens up that we get, we get some kind of premier access to that. I don't think that's fair to assume that for DVC. Yeah, no, I would agree. Yeah. All right, well, that's all I got on that. I don't know if you guys have anything else, but nah. we can move on to some rumors and finish this thing up. Unless, Damon, yep. do you want to talk about, since you're here, do you want to talk about your wolf experience before we talk about rumors? Yeah, I got, I got lots of things to talk about. Why don't we finish the rumors up first, and then I'll talk. Okay, we can, we can, we can right. end with you if you want. Yeah, that'd be easier. <laughs> cool. All right, well, let's talk about, uh, I'm excited about this, if this turns out to be true. Now, this is being reported by WDWNT as fact. I'm reporting it as rumor because Disney hasn't said anything yet. But according to sources, uh, on the project of uh, the Epcot uh, preview center that's being built in the Odyssey, the Rainbow Corridor will return. Uh, basically, what that was, that was part of uh, Imageworks uh, in the Imagination Pavilion in the original um, you know, Journey into the Imagination. Um, it, so you guys might remember that if you rode that ride. And there was a, it was just a rainbow tunnel that you walked through. Yeah, cool. But what's that? I never it was cool. got to experience it. I think I did when I was a little kid, but I don't really remember it because I think it was gone by the time I got older. But, um, I mean, I've always seen pictures of it and it's always seemed really cool. And, I, I, you know, the original ride, everybody really holds in a high regard. So, um, you know, I think it's cool that they saved this and they didn't just destroy it because everybody assumed it just got destroyed. But 82 to 92, by the way, just in case you're curious, 82 to 92. 82 to 92 was when it was there? Yeah. So I would have been there during that time period, but I'm trying to – I mean, I – you know, I don't. Remember. I was going to Disneyland at that time, <laughs> so it, I I think it's cool when they pull out these old nostalgia things. Though I mean, people will go crazy for this. This will be like a one of those Instagrammable things that you know, right? <laughs> so I mean, say, it's, it's the new Instagram wall for sure. Yeah, it's the new Instagram wall. I mean, the purple wall, whatever. I I don't get the Instagram wall thing, but. You know, whatever. Do what you want, right? So, yeah, like, I don't yeah. care about it. I wouldn't go and take a picture in front of a purple wall because it's a purple wall. But uh, I'm sure this will be a highly Instagrammable thing. That's my guess. I don't know. So, um, I think that one is kind of just like the little... That's This is the little rumor. I think the bigger rumor is Country Bear Jamboree, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you, do you, who wants to read that one? I, I just read one. So, you, you guys go. <laughs> All right, so so the rumor right now is that uh, Country Bear Jamboree will be taken out of uh, Frontierland and replaced with uh, a Woody's Roundup marionette show. So kind of if you remember in Toy Story 2 when they showed like the old-fashioned puppet show with Woody and uh, Jesse and everything, um, it sounds like they're going to do an, an audio-animatronic version of that in to replace the country bear jamboree which this brings up a lot of questions and a lot of why i guess <laughs> <laughs> a lot of why yeah um so corporate so synergy corporate synergy Trevor. <laughs> yeah so, so so the first thing is is or the first obvious question that comes up with this is um, we already have Toy Story Land. We've already got Buzz Lightyear in Tomorrowland. We've got, like, why do we need another Toy Story attraction specifically? Do we need more Toy Story? Yeah. I, to be fair, you know, it fits in with the theme of Frontierland at least. 
It does, but I, I feel it's a bit of a stretch if they were going to do this. Like it, No, because the whole show that it's based on is a Wild West frontier-y thing with the prospector and everything. So I agree with Tom. It 100% fits in. All right? They're not talking about Toy Story because that's not what you're talking about here. You're talking about the fake show within Toy Story, which is a Western. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I see how it fits. And it's also yeah. a little bit older, right? He's got that older, you know, feel to it, like Frontierland. Like, I get that portion of it. I mean, when you have an IP that's dominating, why would you not, right? We could all go back and question, well, you know what? We have Frozen and Epcot, right? And I get where it sits in Epcot, but, I mean, Epcot was never about fantasy at that point, right? It was more about the reality of country. So, you know, you have an IP, you got to put it somewhere. I think it's a good idea. I mean, I, I, you know me. I don't like seeing things go away, but this is one that sounds pretty cool. So you don't have an emotional attachment in any way to Country Bear Jamboree? No. You're, you're, you're cool with updating this one? Yeah. Yeah, I pick and choose what I like. I was never a big uh, Country Bear Jamboree sort of guy. And, I mean, for me, growing up, like, Country Bear was a thing in Disneyland, but mm-hmm. it got taken out a long time ago. And... Yeah, I mean, I, I guess as far as Country Bear goes, it 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 is showing its age. Like it, it's it's hit a point where you know, as far as stage shows and everything go, like I don't know. It, if I compare it to like like just on the other side of it, you've got Country Bear and then you've got the Tiki Room. I know the Tiki Room's gone through a couple of iteration's in in Disney World, but now it's ba- it's back to the like how it it was set up in Disneyland. And I feel that the Tiki Room holds a certain amount of character and charm to it, which the Country Bear Jamboree doesn't quite hold up as well. Like it's the, the songs and everything are not they're kind of weird <laughs> if you actually listen to the lyrics. I feel like it's <laughs> low key like it's a little risque almost in time. Like when you're like the jokes are very adult in that, in that show. And I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I, I like it. I, it's one of my favorite things. I, and I, I just like that. It's kind of like, it's like low key dirty almost like, you know, and I, I don't know. Continue what you were saying, Trevor. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that, that's exactly as yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the songs and everything are very, um, like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like it, it's, it reminds me of like watching an old variety show that, you know, stuff that I remember from like the seventies and the eighties, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem relevant anymore. And I don't know if it necessarily needs to be relevant, but then also looking at the animatronics and everything, they, they haven't gotten a lot of love over the years. So they like, it, it almost looks, I know what it is. It's like going to a Chuck E. Cheese. Like it, <laughs> it does feel very Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, I, I think that's the problem with it is that it it's still stuck in that, you know, like, like sitting in a Chuck E. Cheese watching the the animatronics on the stage. That's basically all the Country Bear Jamboree is, and I, I can see why they would want to replace that. <laughs> I have very mixed feelings about this rumor because I'm always the guy that's like, close the old thing, open a new thing. You need to have progress. You know, I get it. Um, but you know, there's, there's some, it's the, I don't know why this is a weirdly personal one. And it's funny because when we were just there in June, you know, just a couple weeks ago here, um, I was there with my mom and I, I, I don't think I'd ever 
well, maybe I had done country. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we had done it when I was a little kid, but my mom was telling me that it's my grandfather's favorite thing at, at Disney World. And I was like, why is it his favorite thing? That's such a weird thing for it to be his favorite thing. And my, my grandfather's name is Al and, and the, you know, the, have the character Big Al. So, you know, he, he liked the fact that there was a character named Big Al in it, which is a funny reason, I guess, to, to be all about that Makes show. Sense. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, I guess he just, that show just appealed to him and, you know, it, it just was one of those things. And, and I don't know, it's, it's kind of like the Tiki Room where it holds that nostalgia value for me, where it's just something we always do. It's funny. It's a fun show. Is it outdated? Yeah, probably. But it also represents to me, it's, it's like we were talking about last, last episode with the seas and, um, and the land, right? For me, it's almost a, a a part of that park that can't go, right? It's it's a part. It's almost like if they tore down Pirates of the Caribbean to me, in a way. I, I know it's not on the same level as that, but it's like one of those attractions that just is. It's original. It's not an IP. It's something. And and given now, Pirates is an IP because you know it's a ride that inspired a movie, which made it an IP in a way. But it it it's. Country Bear just has a different thing to it. It's it's you know it's it's an original thing and it's it's different and it's and it's kind of funny and and weird and kind of like you're talking about. I like weird Disney stuff, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I do kind of like the idea. I I think it would kind of be a cool idea to see what that show would look like. I th- I'm also thinking to myself, how large are these marionettes going to be? Like, how large are these animatronics going to be? I mean, are they going to be? you know, the size of a human being. I mean, cause on the show, they're obviously small marionettes. So I, I'm thinking of logistics of this too. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I, I don't know. I'm very torn on it. Cause I, I, I wouldn't be like super, super upset if it went away, but I also wish it wouldn't. That's, I guess that's where I'm at. So anyway, I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts, but I know Damon, it sounds like not. you're kind of excited for the idea. I, I I like Toy Story, so again, you know, yeah, I get what you're saying though because I feel that way about a lot of things. So I truly understand what you're saying, but for me personally, you know, my love for Toy Story outweighs this. So it's fair. It's just a personal take. I also would say too, it's one of the last places you see roaming characters. Uh, they they have some of the bears roaming outside there all the time, and one of them came up to my daughter on this trip and was making her laugh pretty hard. And and you just don't see that really too much anymore with the roaming characters. So. I mean, you know, there's that too, mm. but I don't have anything else on this. I just, I, I'll be interested to see if this happens. I'll be bummed, but I'll also be excited to see what's next too. Yeah. Again, again, we have no confirmation on this either. So no. you know, may, maybe they'll go the other way and we'll actually get updated animatronics in country bear. <laughs> well, and I, it's to just to balance this out. So this was WWNT's report. I did see on another site and I, I wish I could cite them because I don't remember who they were, but they said that their inside sources um, slightly contradict that report and say this idea has been brought up, but it's not imminent. Uh, there's, a, I guess, some a lot of pushback within the company uh, from some Imagineers about about doing this. So it, it seems that there are people within the company that feel the same way that a lot of... And I, I truthfully, I don't know what the reaction of Disney fans is to, is to this because I saw some mixed. I saw some people like, good. I saw some other people like, no, I'm, you know, canceling my annual pass and never saying the word Disney again if they do this, <laughs> you know? So, like, it's... I, I saw a lot of mixed... I don't know what the general feeling about this one is, you know? 
So I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, interesting to see what happens. But if you guys don't have anything else, uh, you know, we're almost the two hours here. So I, I would love to hear what Damon has to talk about with his uh, wolf experience. Well, I also have yes. to talk about my upcoming trip too. I, I have oh yeah, a few, yeah, that's a few true. Things yeah. to talk about. So, um, so yeah, it was very nice um, to go see, you know, the the wolves at Bush Garden. So one of the listeners, Katie, who was absolutely phenomenal to meet in person, by the way had the family out now my one son was sick unfortunately so he was unable to make it uh so it was myself my wife my younger daughter and uh my older son and there was one other girl also on the same tour at the time that we went so uh, first of all bush gardens was amazing that day there was nobody there there i mean i i kid you not there was nobody there that whole day we walked on every single ride. It was absolutely ridiculous. We actually waited longer for lunch than we waited for any ride. I mean, we literally <laughs> walked on every single ride. It was crazy. So that was nice. But the, the wolf experience is pretty cool. So, you know, what you get to do is you get to learn a little bit about the wolves. And, and again, Katie was phenomenal, like in terms of being just a great presenter, very fun, very informative. Um, so, you, you know, you kind of get to listen about the wolves, hear about each one of the wolves, though there's five there, and forgive me, I forget their names at this point. Um, I didn't bring my notes with me, but um, then you get to see them do sort of different tricks, and you can actually, you get to feed them. So there's this little box that's over on the side, and you get to stand in that box and throw food to the wolves as well. You know, it's amazing because they're big. Like the wolves are big, like you know. And again, you know, one of the things that Katie had kind of said was, is that a lot of times when you see wolves, you're maybe seeing hybrids, and maybe that's what I had kind of seen in the past a little bit because these guys were big wolves. I mean, they were big, but you know, the trainers are back there with them. So Katie was the one that was giving the discussion. There was other trainers working with the wolves themselves. Um, It was fun. Like, I mean, it was really fun. It was really informative. And again, I mean, I think they do a good job at helping you understand about, you know, the wolves. And I actually learned a few things about, you know, the bite power of wolves. And, and you know, they had this um, uh, food, you know, metal stainless steel food thing that one of the wolves had played with. And you're like, OK, <laughs> yeah, there's puncture. There's puncture holes in that. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it was fun. My daughter had a great time. They, you know, they asked questions um, and they got answers to. But I think feeding the wolves was you know, very fun for them. And, you know, the wolves are, gosh, they're trained so well. They really are. They really are. So it was super enjoyable. And after the show, she actually stayed with us and uh, we spoke Disney for a while as well, (laughs) which I thought was, was nice. Yeah. And she's very, very nice person. Um, And, you know, my family and and, and everyone here appreciates, you know, the time and the effort that you took out for us. You know, it was definitely well worth it and um, super enjoyable for us. So big thank you for her. I didn't have any hats at that point. You know, I felt bad. Well, now you have the hats. <laughs> now so. I have the hats, and I have no excuses. I'll have to go back to Bush Gardens. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. So if Katie's listening, so we will be going back to the water park portion. In um, we usually go in August. So you know what? If you want to meet me over there, I'll bring a hat. How's that? There you go. Um, and then I have my upcoming trip. We're actually leaving Friday, so we are going to Silver Dollar City, which is kind That's of right. like yeah. So it's kind of you know. The, the same as, uh, you know, Dollywood. Um, so that, it's owned by the same people, I, I believe, if I am correct, which I think I am on that. And it's going to be a different amusement park experience. I mean, I like going to different amusement parks. So that will be fun, and I will have a full story about that. We are staying at um, it's a place called The Welk, The Welks, something like that. Um, things were very inexpensive out there. So it should be fun, and it looks like there's a lot of good places to eat. We are going on the Alpine Slide. We will do some mini golf. We will do some 
go-karting and we will let you know about the rides in the park and the food. I mean, if it's any indication, the food at Dollywood is phenomenal. So I'm hoping the food at the park um, will be good as well. And I think there's also um, a cave there. One of the caves. When we went to Dollywood, there's a cave outside of the park, um, which I forget the name of the caverns, but there's one, I believe, in the park here, which is kind of cool. So I will let everyone know about that when I get back. Awesome. Yeah. That's weird to have like a cavern tour inside a park. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> that will be but, interesting. But cool. Don't get me wrong. Cool. Yes. Well, and the other Disney thing is, is that so I'm trying to decide whether I'm doing the, the Christmas show thing when I'm there in November. So, Trevor, are you doing any of the late night um, events? You know, the. Yeah, we are doing um, the Christmas party. OK. Um, yeah, like two or three days into our trip. OK. So. Yeah, I have to go and get my tickets for that. And and again, there's been there's been no movement on the Animal Kingdom front. There, so this could be the first one. But again, like I said, I'm not, I'm, I might not be upset about that. So I'm okay with that, regardless. Where are you trying to upgrade to? I don't remember. I'm just trying to go from Saratoga to Animal Kingdom. Oh, that's right. Okay, you're trying. That's right. right. You have Saratoga. You're trying to go to Animal Kingdom. That's right. Yeah, but again, I, uh, I, I put I in the request. I, <laughs> I put in the request late, <laughs> and I, again, I didn't have the you know sort of you know I don't have the same emotion behind the request. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> The Damon magic touch of getting every room he wants. So, well, I, I bet you're going to get it. I'm just, I see it happening. I don't know. I'll have <laughs> hats though. I'll have hats. You will though. have hats. And I got yes. both of the shirts. And, and again, they were very nice. So, everyone should go order shirts now. Well, we, we haven't released this store yet, but. <laughs> well, if it's, there's a friends and family event, isn't there? Right. Everyone that like is, is likes the Facebook page is, is part of the friends and family event. So, Tom, so if you send Tom a message. <laughs> personally so, in the email he will send you the link <laughs> so no we're we're gonna launch our store soon here <laughs> and i we we wanted to we don't want to sell you guys stuff that isn't good right and we, we we want you to sell you good stuff so we were waiting to release the store until we got our own shirts and made sure that they were good quality enough to sell to everybody so um we can announce that we, we have a store um, we will be releasing that out. If you are wanting to go buy something right now before we put the link out there, um, you can go on to tpublic, T-E-E-Public.com, search for Welcome Home. Our store will come up. You can buy some shirts. You can buy some hoodies. You can buy a phone case with our logo on it. You can buy... You know, a baby onesie with our logo <laughs> on it. I mean, there's all sorts of weirds. A pillow with it on there. Um, That's so, <laughs> a little too far, I think. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's all part of the store. So, I, you know, this is it's just our logo. We also have a white version of the logo, which looks pretty cool, too. Um, so if you do want to buy something now, go ahead and do it. I will, we'll put it out there. Um, we are in the process of making an easier link, uh, for you guys to get to it. But like I said, go to tpublic.com, um, search for welcome home. We will come up. You can start ordering uh, shirts now if you'd like to do so in all sorts of different colors. There's like 30 different colors you can buy these shirts, uh, in. So, um, so yeah, Trevor hasn't gotten his yet, unfortunately, because you know customs. But yeah, I was gonna say I'm I'm the bottleneck on why we haven't been able to <laughs> vet everything and start selling it because yeah, if anyone knows anyone in in Canada customs that can expedite getting me my stuff, <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> Hopefully, Trevor will get his in the next couple of days. Here, yeah. So, um, but as far as the hats go, I, I know we're gonna get asked about the hats. This website does not sell the hats. So um, if there's enough demand for the hats... No, we'll... the, the hats should be only in the park. 
It's this special uh, yeah, thing. I, or, the hats are or, special. Yeah. Right? Or, or if someone mm-hmm. does something special then we feel the need to send them one, like, I will send Katie one if I don't see her in August. Like, that's yeah. something special, right? And we appreciate that. So we will send her a hat. We'll send her an old grandpa hat like, you know, Tom wanted. I, I can't send you, you have to admit a flat brim nice. one. They came out pretty nice. Come on. <laughs> Tom, I will admit that. I, I will okay. admit yeah. that. Yes, they they right. definitely came out yes. better than I thought, without a All doubt. Right. <laughs> and, and there was a, there was a brief moment where I thought about putting one on my head, Whoa. but then I did not because <laughs> I said with your flat brim hat. Yeah, <laughs> I had to go with the flat brim hat. So again, there, you know, it, it is okay. I'm going to say this. Hold on, I'm going to say something. I don't know how uh, this is going to go. I'm scared. But but it, it but it is um, it, it is probably a nicer hat for a lady. And there's no disrespect to Tom, but but I'm saying my my wife thought they were they're, very nice, and and I think again that they're unisex, they're unisex they're, hats. But if there's need for flat brim ones, we will make another order as well. As Trevor yeah. and myself are on that side of the fence, yeah, yeah. So the hats are kind of a special edition type of thing. Uh, we won't be selling hats through that store uh, at the moment, but we we like I said, you can get a coffee mug with our logo on it. You can get a baby onesie. You can get a t-shirt. There's all sorts of fun stuff you can get, and we'll. You know, we're not just going to keep it to our logo. We're going to do some fun DVC shirts in the future, too, that uh, we'll be throwing out there. So, uh, like I said, tpublic.com, search for Welcome Home. We'll, we should sure come up. And like I said, we'll post a link to that sometime soon here. We just have to work out the logistics of that. So, so anyway, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up, unless there's anything else you guys want to talk about. I mean, we've gone over two hours now, which I think is... Oh, I'm so glad I wasn't on for the whole thing. That was too much for me. <laughs> Whoever listens from start to end, you know, thumbs up for you guys. <laughs> well, see, we're only every other week, so you can just listen to an hour a week. Well, well right? that I would yeah. agree with. That I would there agree you with. Yeah. I, you know what, though? We get feedback from listeners all the time that email us and say, long episodes are great. We love the long episodes. They, they want more of us, Damon. They want more. Yeah, well, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yeah, so you got more. This this is it. So, all right. So, uh, Trevor, you want to wrap us up, or Damon, you want to wrap us up? Either one of you guys. Okay. Yeah, I got this. All, all right. right, Trevor, let's do it. Okay. So, um, obviously, we got a lot of listener questions and stuff today. Um, as usual, if you guys have questions, comments, um, anything you want to talk to us about, you can find us via email at welcomehomepodcast at gmail dot com. Um, we. Yeah, we, we love getting those questions. Uh, next time we have DVC on, you know, we'll put it out there again so that people can, can submit their questions. Um, uh, outside of that, uh, if, or, you know, actually, I noticed you took the website off of here, Tom. <laughs> but the website, well, yeah. cause the website's coming back once the store is a link off of there. Yeah. I, I was going to say, so, 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 you know, we do have a website, but, you know, stay tuned because we're actually <laughs> going to be updating it finally, which I was, I wasn't even sure if the domain name was still registered. Come like, on, you know, that's, <laughs> that's disrespectful, Tom. Of course it is. It's like $14 a year. Like, I got that. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. But yeah. So, so yeah, we do have a, a website. Stay tuned for that. Obviously, there's going to be updates coming to the website there'll be pictures um, of tom riding space mountain no i'm just kidding it won't oh that yeah that, that that'll have to be a special shirt when we i, when we I haven't decided <laughs> if i'm going to share with you guys yet the truly horrible photo pass picture that it was taken on slinky dog of me i still don't understand why i look like that but i do so I, so now that you've said that you have to share oh, of I, kinda, course. I guess i kind of have to of course yeah. such a bad picture okay continue, continue. <laughs> um so so also if, if you guys want to reach us on Facebook, you can find us at Welcome Home Podcast. And, and, and hold on, Trevor. Here, here's the problem. Hmm? We're at 1.3K <laughs> likes. Like that hurts me inside. Like 
we 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 need more help here. Spread the word. Way more listeners than likes. Yeah, like that's yeah. the thing. Like, if you listen, please just help us feel better about ourselves. Or you know, our endorphins and dopamine—they're <laughs> tied to our Facebook likes. And and you know, we wake up, we're all sad. We have big know? egos here. We need you know. I don't even know if it's an ego thing. It's just a. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but like you know, would like to hit two thousand. Tom, how many how many hats do you have? That's like a special event, right? Um, I think we've got, I think I've got five more hats left for now. Oh man. Mm. Right, maybe we have to make it 2,500 then. There you go. So 2,500 so, likes will send a random hat to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a good point is, you know, for, for, I know we have a lot of listeners and like Tom said, you know, we get a lot of listeners, but not everyone likes the Facebook page. So, um, yeah, if you, if you guys feel like it come like the Facebook page, because you never know, you might get a hat for it or Maybe Tom will send you that well, picture of him on Slingy Dog. So <laughs> if that was a Facebook only exclusive, like yeah, that would be good. That would. Be I'm good. just gonna I'm gonna make a Facebook ad with just that picture of me. On it just, <laughs> yeah. I think we'd be it's... good. I think we'd be covered. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Uh, anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. So, so okay. So we we've covered email. We've covered Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram uh, are there. They just feed from Facebook, of course. Which is I would uh, love to do stuff on Instagram, but I'm just kind of lazy. I'm like I'm when I'm on terrible. vacation. If I was on vacation, like this this trip that I'm going on, I'd love to Instagram, but I'm kind of lazy. I'll do uh, a Facebook should, post with pictures get, when I get back. You should though. get one of your kids to do it. They know how to use Instagram, right? That's a thing. Oh gosh, yeah, they have more followers than we have on Facebook. I mean, that, right? Like, <laughs> right? That's not really fair, is it? Like, it's not, I mean, yeah. they could use their influence. For us, so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when we do our trips, you know, it, it, Twitter and Instagram do get stuff posted to them. So, so, so whether you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, you are getting all the uh, all those posts when we are on our trips, which is good. But yeah, like I said, you know, I'm I'm. I suck at anything other than Facebook, so because we're old people. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the, the problem. problem. I'm gonna that's wear I'm gonna wear my shirts though while I'm in Silver Dollar City, and if someone's nice. in the, that area and you know says something to me there, I'll we'll send you something. That's for darn sure. All right, get your hat and a sticker. I put the sticker yeah. on my fridge. I have a fridge in the garage that has all my stickers on. Like I have my second DVC magnet, uh, my you know welcome home DVC cruise magnet like all the stuff that i don't want like stolen is all on the fridge and i you know there's a big ceremony to put on the welcome home sticker it was a little small though that was the only thing (laughs) wish it was bigger you you can also buy stickers in our store as well if you'd like to buy a sticker i think they're a dollar so they're small though i don't know don't you can't don't uh, we need to sell these things we can't be you know discounting them listen (laughs) everyone should just listen because i speak truth bombs and they're a little small okay yeah damon damon cheeks this with that's fair Yeah. Okay. But they were cool looking. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's finish this up. So, so do do you do you have something else? I'm sorry. Last thing is, uh, as usual, you know, we get reviews on iTunes. We like those. We we like that they give us more visibility. Um, Just tell us why you like us or don't like us, because yeah, we we do get occasionally random ones where it's like there's nothing in them. So yeah, tell us why. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are we at? We're at 4.7 with 98 votes. 4.8. Oh, I'm looking right 4. now. It's 4.7. Did someone yeah. give us a bad review again? Gosh, I, guess, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I just, who knows? Probably. Uh, so don't forget <laughs> to subscribe to Welcome Home Podcast so you can be reminded every time we release a new episode. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, where we're the number 37th uh, ranked podcast in Kuwait and in the travel section. So... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> your fun fact for the day number 37 most pop most popular podcast in kuwait under travel <laughs> uh you can also find us on google play music google podcast tune in stitcher spotify any place you can find podcasts you can find us just search for welcome home uh just a reminder to our listeners welcome home podcast is for entertainment only we are not employed by the walt disney company and as such any opinions we express on the show are our own so please consult a dvc representative a dvc resale market a cast member for more information about anything we talked about today thank you for DV- to a dvc resale market huge thank you uh, to derek and marissa for joining us again on the show today um please you know reach out to them any additional questions we didn't get answered today um and again thanks to them for sponsoring this episode as well so uh join us next time for more disney parks discussion of course more dvc talk we hope to see you all real soon this is skipper albert awal the voice of the jungle signing off from welcome home podcast on the dvc when we hit a chair how she can cut is no man's affair. I looked around from pole to pole, found her in a sugar bowl.